You gotta start your day off with Chinese food. South China for the finest China buffet in South Mississippi. You can see them at 133 Courthouse Road. Today we are sponsored by Miss Susie of South China here in South Mississippi. The finest Chinese food you can have on or around the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Would you agree or not agree, Jared? I would agree. You did have seconds. I mean, we both had seconds, but yeah, you did go back for seconds. So that does indicate it is a very fine near Asian dining experience. Every time we go, I gorge myself. <laughs> I, I feel awful afterwards every time. But the thing is, it's like I don't know when the last time, the next time I'll be back over here. So I make, I get my usual. You very get, true. you get. It's all. It's always GT. Your general sows. Oh, yeah. No, no. Always. Half a plate. Start off the first plate with lo mein, two wontons, and a sugar donut. Second plate, fried rice, another half of general sows, at least two beverages, and you're done. That's it. That sounds like a good plan. Your gut hurts afterwards, but I will not eat until tomorrow. I was a good boy. I did not overstuff, uh, but... uh, I probably won't eat tonight just because I did go back for seconds. You had to get the crab rangoon. Got to have the rangoon. Yeah, if you don't have the crab, you got to have general. Obviously, the general has to be in there commanding the whole thing. Yeah. And then. No petty officers in this house. No, no, no. General, the general himself. And then, of course, on the back end, the crab rangoon to kind of mop up the stragglers and handle all that. But, yeah, it was good. I'm glad glad you decided to uh, suggest that because I haven't had that in a little while, even though it's like. Two minutes from me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mainly because, and if she's watching, she'll laugh. Rachel will get literally mad at me if I go get South China because she's, you know, 15 minutes north and I'm down here by the beach. And the Chinese places up there are just not the same. It's just not Miss Susie's got it going on. I know you will never see this, Miss Susie, but from the bottom of both of our hearts and our stomachs, stomachs yeah. we thank you because that is the. Man, that's, that's, that's some fire Asian for sure. So good. Yes. So now that that's out of the way, the most important part of the show, welcome everybody. It is Thursday. It is 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. It is time for Bearded Drums Live. I hope you're ready for the action-packed show that we have for you today. It's going to be it's gonna be a whopper of a show. Maybe not, but it's going to be something. Oh, for yeah. Sure. How is... Your week going a little bit better than the last, which uh, should be a little, little bit. better than the previous. Yeah, it's it's getting better. Uh, got the AC stuff fixed at the house, uh, solely at the house getting fixed today. Um, and then we got Billfish going on. Oh, Billfish Classic, Kingfish Classic. Uh, did you know we're the either second or third largest part of that whole circuit? I wouldn't be surprised because I'm not a fisherman. Or a fisher of men, but the guys that I went to high school with around here and, and people I know, apparently our oil rigs are like a destination yeah. for that kind of stuff. And then I think going out past that is where the, the really big billfish are. So, yeah, oddly enough, Mississippi is kind of a destination for the big fish tournaments. Um, in as, the, a, as, a, as a fisherman myself. A uh, fisher of men. The the rigs, because uh, the cool thing they do is that when how you know he's cool and you know what he's talking about, he's like, oh, you know the rigs, man. So with the with the old rigs, what they do is that they 
they cut them in half, so the platform, everything that's on top, that gets taken and then sunken somewhere else right next to it. And then that allows for like a new reef to grow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, it gives it framework or whatever. Yeah, and so my uh, stepmom, her dad, and her both her brothers, I guess, both have a copy of Mister Ricky's like black book of all the locations of rigs. Oh, the sunken. secret fishing holes. Yeah. So whenever it's like, if you have any rough day, Ricky's like, well, let's just go down to honey hole number one, and then he pulls out his book, he flips and flips and flips, and then. He has the coordinates marked down, and so you get a little GPS. Or to him, he just knows where to go from, yeah, yeah, from yeah. being so old and where to go. Uh, you know, an hour later, you just see there's nothing but blue. There's nothing. There's no landmarks. And then he slows down. He's like, "All right, and we're here." He's like, <laughs> "Drop it down." We're like, "There's nothing here." And next thing you know, it's just amberjack and snapper. You limit out in like 20 minutes, and you're done. Like, all right, cool. So it's two per person. And I have people uh, in my family that are big fishermen, uh, fishermen as well. And uh, same kind of thing. Like, he knows where he's going, and he'll keep you away from the high tourist spots or whatever, you know, where all the, like, the charters go yeah. fishing and stuff like that. Uh, um, how did we get on fishing? Uh, I mentioned the Billfish Classic. <laughs> That's I, I right. worked this week. Yeah, so we're busy. We're busy. So it's a, it's a huge tournament. And so um, then some of you guys aren't around, like, super big bodies of water like we are. I mean, we have a river and, like, a couple, like, small lakes. Um, but we have the Gulf, and that's a big thing. So for us, it's a big two weeks of just getting our butts kicked because all these guys come in spending tons of money, um, and it's them and their whole crew, which is like 10 per boat, basically. And so you got like 30 boats. That's 10 or dudes are just showing up. and A lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. Clean, they clean house after two weeks. Oh, yeah. I was telling Jarrett that this past Sunday at the juke joint, being, I guess, the first weekend of the tourney, um, one of the guys that was there fishing uh, a hand on the boat, uh, somebody told him about the juke joint jam. So he came down and he, you know, he comes up the stage. He's like, you know, man, I, it's been a little while, but I, I you know, I'm a, I'm a player and I just happened to have my trumpet with me. And we're like, of course, man. Yeah. And we did a couple of tunes here and there and he would do little light solos. It was, it was cool until, and I told you this earlier, <laughs> he had a couple of drinks and decided he wanted to sing, Man in the Box by, is that Alice in Chains? Yeah. Man in the Box by Alice in Chains. And if you know that song, you know what the chorus sounds like. And I was telling Jared that it's basically like Whitney Houston for dudes. Like, I've never seen a dude sing that song even close. And I know it's not the most hard note to hit, but no dude can seem to get close. This dude included when it came time to belt out the belt out the change <laughs> couldn't do it it was horrible all heads turned in the bar uh, but it was cool he was a good trumpet player and uh the the bill fish did the classic brought in one player at least to the juke joint so it was fun to have him there and of course uh being a fisherman he wouldn't then shut up about fishing like man just a drummer, man. Unless you want to talk about six ply, this uh, you kind of lost me. At, yeah, uh, die cast that. I mean, after that, we're done. <laughs> so anyway, uh, again, everybody joining us today. Uh, thank you for hanging out. As always, we got a bunch of stuff to get through today. Uh, Jared, this week you've got some uh, new heads in, and you're trying to get your Gretsch all set up. So tell us about that, and s let us know how it's going. Uh, so I got that new classic head came in for the bass drum. It barely fits. 
I don't know what the deal is going on with that kick drum because uh, Mike had no problems. I mean, my worst fear is that, like, from shipping from uh, Wisconsin all the way down to us, it might have warped. I hope not. I haven't put anything on, like, a granite tabletop or anything yet. So we got to get with old Hucifer and let him work his magic and see what he can do to make it not rattle so much and figure out, you know, what I'm doing wrong. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about today. We're trying to get him on the phone. We're gonna we were to get, we're gonna try to have Hugh on next week. Yeah. Um. So if we can get in touch with Hugh or Hugh, if you're watching at the Mexican restaurant with Brenda having your margaritas, uh, we're giving you a call out. We want to know when we can get you on next week, the week after, whenever it's possible and yep. easy for you. Uh. But I thought I was trying. That's why I was kind of trying to like set it up to like maybe if we could get Hugh it was available for Thursday next Thursday. You could just bring the kid here. Yeah. And live on the internet, we could do the changing of the heads and try to get this thing tuned up. And I guess really Hugh could probably walk you through kind of his thoughts on tuning something. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Have so, a uh, little, little, because anyone who's like new might be catching in for once. Uh, Hugh was like our, our guru, our grandfather of the drums. OG. Yeah. This man's, what I believe, played through the prime time of. Of playing music, uh, I don't remember when he got his start playing, but he's been playing it for a long time, and he got to play jazz during like its heyday as well. Uh, not during like the big band era; he's not that old. But the years after that, before it got phased out and got into smaller groups, he got to do all that, play all the really cool clubs that the Playboy see. Clubs, which is a big. Uh franchise of clubs all over the world and i didn't you know it's funny because he would always tell us in those stories like blah 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 barrett deems at the playboy club and if you don't know who barrett deems is he's a big name in big band uh right up there with buddy and you know uh gene krupa and like all those guys he was uh not as famous um obviously because i have to explain who he is but he was at, at least among the musicians as famous of a drummer and got to do some pretty high profile stuff. Uh, but he would al- always mention blah, 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 blah. Barrett deems something happened at the playboy. And I, I was just thought like, well, where's he from Chicago or yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So I was thinking like, that's just the club at the big club at the time. And then I was watching something the other day and the guy mentioned in two different other cities, playboy clubs and not like strip joints like these music clubs yeah and i didn't realize until then that it was like a chain or like a you know a big um string of places worldwide so lends even more credence to those stories that he would tell us yeah um but yeah so we want to try to get him on obviously if you're watching hugh be thinking about it uh in the next couple weeks but i was thinking it would be especially cool if we could get him in here first because we've had somebody request which we'll do one day somebody requested that because you and i always mention how different of snare drum tunings we do somebody asked to both of us to do our tuning yeah live um and i figured out how to do the drum audio you know directly into this thing now so if we can get him to do it i think that would be cool because then you could see kind of how Hugh does very easily put a tuning on just about any kit and we could get your, you know, get your kit going. Cause I know you've been waiting on the right heads to come in so we could yeah, cause I got, get that whole project started. Yeah, Cause I got the Rezo seven other UV two for the rack Tom. So I got all that stuff in. So I have all the heads I need uh, everything. So I just need, 
Hugh to work his magic and figure out what's going on with the the rattling and um, just getting the sound right. Because I rush on the bass drum and I can't get the bass drum to sound good. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. So, I well, gotta. I'm going to be interested to see because I want to hear what the UB two sound like. Yeah, I have. You know, we mentioned the the kind of change uh, over the past couple of weeks here live on the show. I've gone from basically. I don't know, more than a decade using a four-piece to going back to a five-piece now, which I am immensely enjoying. I don't... I would say... Well, actually, I would say that I don't know why I haven't been doing it, but maybe that's the best part because I kind of got to forget about having that extra tom and now having it. I'm like, oh, man, this changes every, every single fill, obviously. Yeah. Um. So we kind of been talking about how that's been going over the past few weeks. And I started out with EC2 clears on there, which sounded fine, but I think that in some cases the EC2s take a little too much off. So you asked the next week, you're like, oh, you went back to G2 clears. And I told you I'd rather put more dampeners on the drum and get it to exactly where I want it than having the EC2 put too much and not being able to take away. And now that I've been doing about... It's probably been about a week or more with the clears on there and did two big gigs where I could really hear the drums with the clears on it. I want to put a coated on there and I have that whole set of emperors, which I think will sound perfect. It'll be right in the middle, like whatever I can't quite get perfect with the G2 clears and what is just too much with an EC2 clear. I think that'll be just enough. Just enough. In the middle. But being that I eventually would want it to be Evans, I wanna, I'm want i really interested to see how your UV2s sound like because you and I are big fans of the UV1. It's a great coated head. The coating lasts significantly longer than typical coating. And if you're light-handed or just not really heavy-handed, that coating's probably going to last forever. Like, you know, not, obviously not forever, but... Way longer than you would expect oh, a yeah. snare drum head to last. So, but I've never tried the UV2s, and you were brave enough to go get some. So, if yours end up sounding really good, I think, you know, God, it would be a, a couple of months from now, by the time I wear all these heads out, going back to uh, 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 an Evans coated on there, I think that'll be a good little uh, setup. So, I'm excited to see what it sounds like. If we can get everything lined up and get everybody here obviously if that doesn't happen we'll just go to hughes but yeah. I'll, I'll be i'll be excited to hear you know what it sounds like oh yeah It'll be a good time yep uh any anything else going on with you this week that's it well you gonna be at the juke sunday uh should be all right that's t- two weeks i've had to do work Sorry. You, re- you realize <laughs> <laughs> you know, gotta start telling Matt. Gotta start paying me, man. Start... <laughs> but like I, kind of like with the uh, not using the five piece for a long time. It's kind of the same thing. I, I've actually had fun the past two weekends. Like that's right. I really don't play that much anymore. So when I do get to play, uh, I've, I've had a good time and hadn't really had to put up with too much shenanigans <laughs> from drunken patrons or. It's always the like. best. Yeah, really. Um, so like I said, we've kind of been talking about my progression over the couple of weeks maybe a month of switching from four piece to five piece. And actually we had a bunch of questions last week. They were asking about the Istanbul symbols um, specifically and uh, still highly recommend them. But as a treat, and it took as usual, a lot of self control for me to not open the box. It's been sitting here all day, 
uh, we've got a package to open and like usual if I can do it we'll do it live here on air so Jarrett if you will grab the knife and I'll get the box hold on And that knife is super sharp, so you got to be careful with it. But we'll open our newest acquisition here live on the show for you. Um, what I have thus far is in the Istanbul Exist Dark and Dry, I have the 20-inch crash. Absolutely love it. I have the 13-inch crash. Great little accent piece. I have the 13-inch hats. Those are amazing. The only downside being is that they don't put out as good of a volume as a thicker or more normal set of hi-hats. They're really darky and really trashy sounding, and they're amazing sounding, but they're just not the loudest hats. Um, and I also have in the Dark Ion series basically what is Istanbul's Ozone. So in the regular Exist line, which is just the lathed, regular lathe symbols, they look like AAs or As, I have the 21-inch ride, the big old 15-inch hats, which I really like, and the 18-inch crash. Um, but being that the 13-inch hats in the dark and dry are just not heavy volume output symbols for like a pop gig, which is typically what I'm doing, and I've been using the 15s, which I do love. They're fat, they're big sounding, but I wanted something quick. So about two weeks ago, I placed an order for these very hi-hats. The company, which will remain nameless, misshipped the wrong ones they shipped me the dark and dries that i already own so i had to send those back wait for my refund and reorder these symbols which looks like they came in the right ones this time so we're going to give that drum shop which is the drum shop of maine you can find them on ebay when they're usually like for most you know normal to find stuff they carry it there on ebay but it looks like the drum shop of maine has shipped out the proper set of Istanbul Exist. This is the regular Exist line. 13-inch hats. And we have a 771-gram hi-hat top and an 888-gram hi-hat bottom. And I got lucky. Ooh. I got lucky this time um, specifically on these hats. Everybody that had up a, a, a pair, the power hats, these hats... Um, the brilliant hats, most of them, I think all of them for one listed the weight. And I think I had told you that I kind of know the weights I like on hi-hat symbols. And so I got to weed out immediately some of the ones I knew weren't, they were pretty much like evenly matched, like 820 grams, 830 grams or something really close. These were a hundred grams off on the top and the bottom. So I knew by the weight that I was going to get probably the sound. I was looking for so they look good they look brand new to you other than the ugly price tag on the back oh that's where your weight's at oh did i nail it 770 776 for your top nice and then 880 and you got 881 for the bottom yeah so about a hundred a little more than a hundred grams off on each which i thought would make a really good you know pairing Oh, yeah. But you've played the 15s. They're buttery. They're fat. They're really good-sounding symbols. But uh, I just wanted something that was very articulate, very quick. And I think uh, these are going to work out. I get it. Um, I think these are going to work out really nice. Let me see them here. Let's, let's get a hold of them. 
Well, we'll just have to wait. That'll be that'll be the plan for tonight. But yeah, they look brand new. Thirteen inch exist standard series hi hats. Somebody's been touching the bottom, but I really don't care. There's a couple stick marks on one of them. Uh, and it says, you know, there. I mean, these places don't lie. They'll tell you these are floor models, and um, they haven't been played per se. But um, usually, the stick marks that you see. And you've done this because you've looked online at symbols. Uh, it's the stick marks from the video. Yeah. Like when the Memphis Drum Shop does, you know, you can get this exact symbol. Don't expect that it's not going to be played when you get it because there was literally two minutes of video where you could see that symbol being played. Yeah. So we'll get to uh, we'll get to play with these when we get done tonight. I'll give us something to do. So there you go. Another addition to the Istanbul Exist line. Now I have three pair. I never had this many hi-hats when I owned Sabian. <laughs> so it's growing continuously. One day we will get to step up to the big boy game and buy some of that green label Istanbul and spend $7 million on a crack symbol. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's see. We got Dr. Momo says, hello. What's up? What's up, buddy? Oh, Decoder. We got Joshua Breslow says, hello, boys. Hope all is well. Hope all is well with you as well, Josh. What is up, my friend? Then we got... Oh, a new name I have never seen. We got a Travis Rippy. Would Istanbul Agop exist dry dark work for low volume blues? Oh my god, yes. If it's if you're playing anything like that uh that hippie music I got to play a while back, that would be prime. Sublime. I think that would work really well. Like I said, and when I when I, if I make a, a comment about any of the Istanbul dark and dry stuff in regards to volume, I don't mean by any means that they're like practice symbols no, or God, no. they just because they are sick i mean like when i say they're thin they're seriously thin and and they have such big hammer marks in them to make the darkness come out um they really do have a really good sound uh, if you were to say percentage wise if a hundred percent is what we're used to what would you say those are volume wise like 60 percent i'd say like 60 to 70 yeah so they're like 60 percent 70 percent of the volume of like what you would expect a regular crash, an AAX explosion, or a uh, an A custom Zildjian, like it's about you know thirty percent quieter. Definitely by means you know by no means quiet. But yeah, uh, I think a low blues volume gig actually would probably work really well with the dark and dry stuff, funk, blues, and even like jazz. I think you could, those suit it really well. Oh yeah, and even if you. Um, get into some like louder stuff i think it'd be okay with those um for the sure. hats for sure the rides probably i think it's really the crashes because that's a 20 and it it just doesn't kick through guitar and bass really bass is going to drown that crash out so um like I said, I, I think it would work for a lot of those cases, and they're really good symbols. So don't think that I'm knocking them at all on the volume issue. Um, typically, I'm doing top forty cover gigs in pop situations, so uh, being artsy or textural with my yeah. symbols, it's not really an option. I need punch. I need the regular exist line, or like a AAX explosion, or like an A custom something that'll really cut through. Um, but yeah, I think you would probably find them very useful in that situation. And I, uh, um, I invite you to check them out on e or, uh, on YouTube. I have my video out on this channel about the ones I got early on. And eventually I'll put, when I get done buying all the exist stuff I'm going to buy, which maybe would be another crash or a 10 inch splash. 
once I get those purchases out of the way, I'll do another wrap-up video and give my final thoughts on kind of the whole Exist line, which is the regular Exist, the Dry and Dark, and the Dark Ion. Yeah. So it's a great line of symbols. You know, a lot of people are using them. Uh, they're so good, and he's enjoyed them so much. Jarrett's even um, considering picking some up of his own. Because I remember I talked about them with you a long time ago. As I might get a set, I don't know. And then you randomly went through and picked up those hi-hats, and I was like, all right, well, Steven beat me to the bunch. It's like, but... Wait, but I think you wanted the 17-inch hot, the big boy Yeah, I wanted the big boys, yeah. And I saw the 13s, or maybe I just heard them and liked them better. And then, yeah, kind of like you were saying, from there, I've fallen in love, and you've kind of grown interest in them. Yeah, it's part of my... Because I've been doing a lot of research on all... Because they have a bunch of different stuff, and what I've noticed is that they have, like, sublines for everything. So, like, you have... Uh, I really want those Sultan hi hats. Like to start off, they do sound so good. They sound really good. But they have they have the regular Sultans. You have a custom, which is a little bit heavier than you have the Jazz, which is the lighter ones. I know so with all the the Turk series as well. Um, Turk has like a Turk Jazz line, yeah, which is like <clears throat> like five hundred grams taken off or whatever it is. So like a a regular like twenty two, um, are you almost a thousand grams depending on you know how it's done like the like a 22 inch turk ride is like 23 to 25 and then a regular one's like 30 32 yeah so it's a it's a it's a lot of weight cut off because you want that that uh that lighter sound and everything will you hand me your notepad and yeah. your pen um continue um but yeah I, i've heard carter use <coughs> the 14 inch turk hats and i really really am interested in those um but i know again being that that's big boy istanbul and not little boy istanbul yeah. that's probably a freaking couple of car payments just to get uh those those high hats yeah, those are sweet because i've I watched his demos a lot of him going through it and then um who else i've been watching they have their own youtube channel and everything um there's your pin back Um, and j uh, you handed it to me, and I just want to mention it really quick. Uh, there's a that's a nice little thing, yeah, and something you don't have to do, but it will probably do exactly what it's intended to do because I bought it from the drum. I think it's just called the Drum Shop of Maine. Yeah, they have a sweet YouTube channel. Do they? See, I've never oh. checked it out. Yeah, I love it. They review a bunch of stuff. Maybe I have. I'll, I bet you I have. If I was looking at Istanbul uh, exist, it would have been. I would have. But they, because I just bought off of their eBay, just bought the hi-hats, they sent me a 10% off coupon. So that's something that not every store does. Yeah. And is really helpful and will probably, like, when I go back to buy the Splash or the other Crash, I'll pr if they don't, it won't change my purchase. But if I can buy it from them, I'll definitely do that to try to give them some more money back. So very cool. Thank you, Drum Shop of Maine. Um so, yeah, so that we got the hi-hats. Um, we have mentioned for, what, two months now, the grand snare hunt that I've been on, trying yeah. to find a Masters maple <clears throat> gum. Well, guys, it looks like, because I have talked to the Sweetwater guy who has talked to the Special Order guy who has talked to the guy at Pearl, it's just so hard for these drum companies to get stuff in right now. Um, if there's something like me that you're, like, waiting on, DW or Mapex or somebody to make and then get it out to Sweetwater or 
Memphis Drum Shop or somebody that you shop from constantly, it seems like you're probably going to be waiting a while because all these drum companies are backed up. Um, number one, doing what they're already doing and then trying to find raw materials to make the stuff that they're trying to make. So I, not that I've quit, I just know it'll pop up when it pops up. It'll be about $400 and that'll be fine. And when it pops up in the right finish, I'll pick it up. But having listened to a bunch of guys over the course of the week, a lot of Pearl and Dorsey's, obviously, Calvin Rogers, um, J-Rod Sullivan. Um, what is that? There's a guy that does, I forget his name now, a bunch of Pearl guys. Um, 14 by 6.5, or to properly say, 6.5 by 14. Reference series, 20-ply snare drum. Uh, that is kind of what has got me turned on here lately. And nobody has them, at least in the finish that I want. And so I, I, I nutted up and called the Sweetwater guy and asked him to go ahead and actually do whatever has to be done to contact Pearl and see through the, the Music City program what we can do. So he went back and forth for a day or two, and then I got the confirmation on like Tuesday of this week. We special ordered, if I can get my pictures lined up, we special ordered this bad boy right here. This is a Pearl Music City Custom 6.5 by 14 inch 20 ply reference shell recipe snare drum. And it is in, I forget the name of, I think it's Black Oyster Glitter. So it's kind of like a black and white oyster, very typical, you know, vintage style finish. But this one has the sparkle in it. So you cannot really tell from this picture because this is a secondhand picture. It's kind of crappy resolution. You can't even zoom in on it. But it looks like typical black and white, you know, pearl. But if you had a nice high quality version, you could see that this actually has a nice glitter in the black and the white. So super sharp looking. Uh, it's actually the stock model that they list on Sweetwater, even though it wasn't in stock at the time. This is the one that they show you can just order. So basically that's what I ended up doing because it is International Drum Month. If you are looking to buy anything, I suggest you go over to Sweetwater right now. They have a bunch of sales on stuff, and they have a bunch of deals on bundles. And there was like a couple of snare drums that I had been considering from Pearl, and one of them being one of those Music City Custom Solid Shells, if you yeah. bought it, you get $200 in Sweetwater Bucks or whatever they're called. Yeah. So you get your drum, and then you get $200 to spend back on whatever the hell you want. And because it's International Drum Month, they pretty much have most stuff on 48 months. So I got that snare for 48 months. So if anything, I mean, I will typically pay it off way quicker than that. I'm really good about my purchases, but if something were to happen for $20 a month, yeah, this, this is not can be is going to be mine. And the typical turnaround time in, in a normal, you know, situation for the music city custom program, I want to say is 21 days It's three weeks. They have the drum built and out to you. And when he contacted the guy at Pearl, from what I understand, he didn't say it specifically, but from what it sounded like, they have the raw shell in stock. So that means all they have to do is CNC drill the holes and put the wrap on there. I should be getting this in the typical reference Music City custom time frame. 
So hopefully in about maybe because they will have to make the drum, ship it to Sweetwater. Yeah. And then Sweetwater has to ship it to me. Maybe in four weeks, I would think, if I get lucky, the snare drum will be here. Very excited about it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's I've played with them before when I worked at Magnolia Music all those years ago. I got the 13 by 6.5, 20-ply in one time. Did not like it, I have to be honest. Um, but also, that was like 10 years ago, and I didn't really know that much. I've gotten a lot better tuning and in general since then. So I think uh, this is going to be a lot more along the lines of what I'm looking for, a 14 instead of a 13. It'll probably serve its purpose perfectly. But the cool thing is, even though this was custom ordered or special ordered and I got great financing on it, I still have the option if I absolutely hate it, send it just back. to send it back, which that is exactly what I will do. I will take that drum out of the box. I will immediately move the stock head and take it off put my own head on there and play it. And if something does go wrong and I just don't just hate the drum, I will take that brand new head and put it right back on and send it back and not have to. That's another uh, something I love about Sweetwater. Yeah. For the most part, you can return stuff. Symbols they're a little bit more iffy on, but like in general, you you make it look like it's still brand new, you'll have no problem returning it. So that is exactly what I'm going to try to be patient for the next month and let this beauty come on in. I'm going to be so happy I know when it gets here. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be cool, man. Um, it, at <clears throat> least for the for the foreseeable future, it'll quench my thirst for a snare drum. I did take out the brass free floater to Destin the other night. And it's got that head on it, that, what are they called, Evans Power Center Reverse Dot. Yeah. Perfect. For a big power snare drum, it was perfect. It didn't do very well on the little four four and three-quarter, but uh, it did perfect on the big drum. And I forgot how good that drum sounds. So if this one works out when it comes in, I'll have a nice six-and-a-half wood drum and a really nice six-and-a-half brass drum. That kind of takes care of, we talk about it all the time, if you have a good wood and a good brass, you're pretty much set for any occasion. Oh, yeah. So that'll be nice to think that, not that I would probably do this, but I guess theoretically I could carry both snares with me and always be like, nah, this room is a little dry, bring the metal one out. Or this room's a little lively or need a little more volume, bring the the wood one out. So I think uh, I think it'll work. Not that I, I'm too lazy to do that, but... <laughs> You will for probably a couple of gigs, and you'll be like, "Okay, I'm done." Yeah, yeah. Once I once I really realize that uh, that I like the drum, like, yeah, no, no, the brass can go back into hibernation, and I'll bring the uh, uh, and and you mentioned it because it's black and white. It really won't have a problem blending in with either the reference kit or the especially the uh, midtown. Oh yeah. But being that they're both darker finishes, uh, I think it'll work out really well. So that is on order. Just hoping that everything goes smooth and that, uh, you know, maybe three or four weeks from now, he's like, Hey man, it's on its way. Cause because I had the option, it's like you can order the drum and whenever the drum lands at Sweetwater, they would then start, you know, a purchase and I would get whatever financing is available at the time. That would be past this month, which would be their, their drum month sale. Yeah. I'm wondering if it would have gone back down to 36, possibly 24 months. So he said, or he said, I can charge your card now 
and my Sweetwater card, and you get the 48 months that we're locked into right now. So do that. So I do have to make a payment. Granted, I'll probably only pay like 20 bucks or 30 bucks, which would be like the, the monthly payment for that. Um, but I do have to start payments on it till that drum comes in. So if something happens and it gets hung up or takes four months to build, I have to pay every month, even though I don't have the drum. Yeah. But I locked into 48 months, so I am, I'm, I'm glad about that. They're really good there um, if you have the Sweetwater card with the financing. So um, I think everything will probably go you know, quite smoothly. Awesome. So waiting on that. Uh, any more comments before I move on? Yeah, we got uh, old David Huckstep says, what is up, gentlemen? What's going on, my friend? Nothing much, David. We got our boy Cosmo Kramer and goes, uh, was it Zildjian or Sabian that sold hi-hats with three symbols so you could mix and match them for different sounds and the price was lower than one pair and an extra symbol was, question mark. Now, I know... Uh, Istanbul Mehmet had the trio hi-hat. Um, you got a light, a medium, and a heavy, and the medium one had... No, the heavy one had rivets already placed on the bottom of it, so you can mix and match those three. That's really cool. I, actually, it's funny that he would mention that because I've never heard of that, and it's probably just out of ignorance of not following Istanbul at the time or whoever was doing it. Maybe, you know, he said maybe Zildjian. But that makes a lot of sense, especially for a higher-end player or somebody that plays a lot or changes their hi-hat sound to offer, maybe not in everything, but that seems like a really good idea to offer three cymbals. That way you can swap stuff out and get a completely different sound depending upon the size of the room or whatever. I got to try them out when I went to Summer Nam in high school. That would have been 2011, 12. Um it seems like a really good idea. I'm really now that he mentions it and we're talking about it. It seems surprising to me that not more companies do that, yeah, especially you, Sabian and Zildjian. Yeah, because you got you got a you got a really light uh, was considered your top, and then you had a medium and then a heavy bottom, and they always had they use uh, quotations around it, um, and you would just be able to go through and swap whichever one you wanted for the whatever sound. So if you needed uh, more chick, you would use the heavy. If you needed more wash, you use the medium. But if you wanted a different funkier sound, you could then just swap them around. Like I got to when I was there, um, there's a couple guys waiting in, to mess around with them. So I did the the light top with the heavy bottom, and played on with the nostalgia rides they had just released or were going to release, and then I well, did the heavy on top with the medium on bottom, and that was a pretty cool sound too. But I mean, you could use whatever so you get. You have a lot of combinations. I forgot how many they did the math for. No, that's 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 a really cool. Like if like say, artisan and Sabian, uh, K Constantinople Con, yeah. and Zildjian, uh, you know, obviously uh, whatever series of Agop or Mehmet in Istanbul to offer. I bet you a lot of guys would be interested in that kind of formula where it's like, yeah, I can play the light on top of the heavy or the heavy on top of the medium or the medium on top of it. Like you could do just about any sound you wanted as long as, you know, I guess dependent upon the weight, you could probably have infinite, you know, sometimes maybe some wouldn't sound good stacked on, but for the most part, that's, I do remember the terrible idea that Sabian had years ago, the try hi hat. Or the triple hi-hat, which was basically like your bottom hi-hat, your top hi-hat, and then a weird like kind of clutch thingy and the top little splashy hi-hat that would touch. It was weird. Yeah. 
Um, I'll have to see if maybe when you're talking, if I can find a picture and upload it of the whatever. I think it was called the Triple Hyatt. It was pretty terrible. I remember him getting it into the store as kind of one of those novelty things, and it was like, nah, this is stupid. Kind of like that Gibraltar bass drum pedal from years ago, the aluminum one that was like all one piece of metal with that big pancake beater. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't about? remember that one. It was, again, one of those like, here's our instant fail. So, you know. Now you got to try it. See what the market wants. They all do it. At some point, each of one of those companies has had a product that was like good good effort, but that's stupid. You know, nobody's using yeah <laughs> anything like that. Always next time, buddy. Uh, we got Mike Malone saying, check it in from a green room. Because Uh-oh. once in a while, I actually have one. Nice. We'll enjoy it while you can. Yes, sir. David Bygum says, hello, everyone. We got David Huckstep says, I'm ready for the great huge to be on your show. Can't wait. <laughs> and if you're watching again, Hugh, this is the call out for you. We're trying to shoot for the very next show that you're available. If that is next Thursday. Or if that's the Thursday after, or the Thursday after that. If you're watching right now from Margarita Town, USA, get with us and let us know because we want to get you on here and all these guys want to hear you spill some of that knowledge. And that's it. We're all caught up on comments so far. Sweet. Um, just a couple other things. Uh, we had mentioned it last week, and uh, I've got a couple more things coming, but I spent uh, this past week with these little guys. So if you are interested in a new stick that might be a little different from what you're used to, this is the Vic Firth Benny Greb Signature Stick. Absolutely love it. It's a nice medium-large to large stick. I mean, it's not terribly huge. It's just a little bit bigger than a 5A with a, yeah, it's a shorter taper um, and a typical kind of like acorn bead. But I find it to be a really good general use stick. If I need a little more volume, but if it's a quieter kind of medium size to small room, I don't necessarily have to put them away because they're so big. They're, they really kind of fit just about any general use. Uh, I know you've, haven't you used them back in the past? I've never got the touch oh, no. of any grabs. Nope. Um, it's a really good stick. I'll bring them in when we start playing with the hi-hats later and you'll get to uh, mess around with them. I used them right when they came out and for some reason I thought they had a tiny little like jazz tip. But they don't. When I got them in, I was like, oh, these are very typical sticks. Um, I think he really just messed with a little bit slighter, larger diameter, and he messed with the taper. That's about it. So a really good general use stick. If you're looking to try something new, I suggest it. They're not expensive. I think you can get them on Amazon for ten ninety five or something like that. Solid. Um, so that would be one suggestion uh, for the week. And then the pair of sticks that really probably should have been here today. But we're not. Oh, yeah. We'll be here tomorrow um, is the new stick I want to try out because with the um, Benny Grebs, I did notice a couple times at the big gig in Destin, the outside hangout gig, stuff like that. I needed a little more, a little more power going to Destin. I need a little bit more on that stage. Need a little more projection. Need a little more presence. Um, was okay in the articulation I was great in the finesse department. Just need a little more power. So I've been looking around, and he knows that I'm a fanboy of Mr. Calvin Rogers, the great gospel drummer, pearl endorser, master, monster player. Um, So I was looking at his sticks. I found a pair at Chicago 
music exchange. This is the, you know, Minel has what, maybe for a year or two now been doing the Minel stick and brush stuff. Yeah, it's, it's very new. Yeah, and it's, it's that from all accounts, and especially from the guys I've seen switch over to their sticks, they're really nice sticks. This will be my first, you know, foray into the Minel stick and brush system. But this is the Calvin Rogers, and it is really the main thing with these sticks. It's a little bit bigger than a 5A as well, but it is 16 and a half inches long. So it's got some length on it. And he even mentions that in his like stock description on the website that it's got some more reach on it, not only for being able to fling the stick around, but obviously literally another half an inch reach yeah. to get to assemble. So I'm very excited to try these out, not only because uh, I'm looking for just a slightly bigger stick than the Benny Grab to give me a little bit more power or maybe some projection, but this will be, like I said, my first foray with this line of sticks so i'm hoping that it's a you know a really smooth job i mean it's minor they're you know bolt tightening germans over there they're not going to do anything that's half-assed it's going to be a nice finish on the stick i would imagine it's going to be you know everything you would expect from a minor product yeah so those will come in tomorrow and i will get to play with them or practice with them rather all week and then you'll get to see them on sunday because you'll be there and then I'll get to do some gigs with them. So I, as soon as I get done with these, I'll give a uh, probably do a short video. I just haven't been doing the regular videos lately because um, now that this is kind of self-running, like all we have to do is come in every week, pull the lights out, and turn everything on. Now that I feel like this is on autopilot, other than what we do as far as talking, I think I can get back to it. And to be honest with you, I've been practicing my little booty cheeks off lately. And if my video production suffers because of it that's totally fine with me like that's what i'm supposed to be doing yeah granted I'm supposed to be making videos because that's what the youtube channel is for but let's be honest for all of us in general you really should be practicing your little booty cheeks off yeah and my little booty cheeks are red because of the amount i have been practicing lately pretty much like we said last week i'm up to two days now till you basically maybe 30 minutes before you got here i jumped in the shower so up until three i was working and then, you know, we'll screw around tonight and then you'll leave and probably about one o'clock in the morning, I'll get the practice practice pad back out and start rat-a-tat-tat until the sun comes up. So uh, if that's the reason why I haven't put, put out regular videos lately, that's totally okay with me because that's obviously the main point of all of this. So yeah. if y'all wonder why you haven't seen as many regular videos, that's why. Mainly to get this set up, which is now pretty much good to go. And then uh, if now I can pull my head out of the practice hole, then we'll get back to. But I'll, I'll be I'll be looking to do some on those sticks and the exist symbols and all the stuff we've got to talk about. Especially, there's no way I can't get around putting a video out for that pearl snare drum when it comes in. That's yeah. gonna be uh, that's gonna be magic. So that's that's what I've got going on for the moment. Um, if we don't have any comments, oh, we got some more. Okay, well then go to it. And we got. Uh, let's see. I get so lost with my eyes. Um, oh, these old eyes. Uh, we got Joshua Breslow says I play all dream symbols and they offer a three hi hat set. Nice. I did not know very, that. Like I said, that's a very cool idea. Just one of those things that never occurs to me, but that's super dope. We got Jose uh, Vasquez says I'm gonna probably butcher this one. Let me sign it up first. 
says, Orale, big homies. Uh, what's up, my man? We got Dakamomo says, try hats, question mark, LOL. We got David Bygum saying, I mentioned in episode 15 about playing on a Barton drum set, and I didn't have much info about the drums or company. After finding a video, I found out Barton Drums is headquarters in my town of Chico, California. That's cool. I know he makes I know all the drum shells come from, I believe, Taiwan. Um, unless he's changed recently. I remember there was a, an article I found because he has some crazy colored kit, and his whole thing was to make pro-level gear not cost a pro-level. Yeah. That's his big thing. He wants you to have drums that sound good that have that custom, like, pro shop finish that's not going to cost you yeah like two thousand i've always loved the stuff i've seen uh, on uh, basically on instagram is where i see all his stuff i think barton's really cool um and in a perfect world if i had a billion dollars there'd be something of his here um but uh yeah i i think that's really cool and especially i would imagine if you live in the city you can just take your little butt down there and make an appointment and be like let's build some drums and uh Get something going here. Yeah, because he's done a lot of stuff now. Like he's, um, he's got like a kit of symbols you can get now from him, just to like run in the mill, like your standard kind of like five A type stuff. I saw he's um, redone his uh, drum bags, so you can get soft bags that are pretty nice from what I've seen. Yeah, super cheap. He's got his own set of drum mics. He does now. Um. And he does a whole comparison video of his drum mics to like someone else's, like a Shore, yeah, and everything. And it sounds pretty close uh, yeah. to what it is. And then um, he just released a new stick bag and cymbal bag that was like a combo that goes together. He's getting into all like, like the like, like the small stuff that like you would think like everyone else kind of does, um, but like a way way. Yeah, cheaper. Like, like for the for the player, for the yeah, guy. Yeah, it's, you know. it's for the guy that goes out and gigs. This isn't for yeah. So if you haven't checked him out, go and check Barton drums out. His drum bags look sweet. Yeah, I want can... the. He's got the like an olive colored kind of bag, but the inside's hot pink. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. It's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, go check him out on Instagram, Barton Drums. Um, we got Dr. Momo. Are those sticks gonna be here by Tuesday at Stephen? That's next hangout gig. Oh yeah, they will definitely be here. Oh where. Where this upcoming Tuesday? We're at the hangout. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Um, uh, if so, <laughs> that's cool because that's quickly becoming one of my favorite gigs. Big stage, really big sound system, and dedicated sound man. Like, nah, man. When you get your drum set up, I'll go ahead and mic everything, and then we'll run your ears. Like the perfect. Like, all you got to do is walk in and set your kit up. He'll run the mics. Um, it was an easy sound setup last time. That's becoming quickly my favorite summer gig. Besides the fact that you're playing for like, because it's like big time tourist town, basically like 17 year olds. So they're asking like the last time we were there, uh, what's the country guy that got in trouble? Uh, Morgan Whalen. Do you know any Morgan? We're like, no, I'm sorry. We don't. And then like literally minutes later. But do y'all know any Morgan? <laughs> like, no, I'm sorry. Well, do you know any Ariana Grande? Like, no, we don't, like we cannot cater the. Granted, they were super cool. They danced to whatever we played when we played. You know, Sweet Child of Mine and all the stuff that you would expect. But that's funny. It lets me know how old I am. I'm sure they consider that like, <laughs> like classic rock. Like what I am used to growing up to is now like. Yeah, old man. <laughs> I saw someone on Facebook said that uh, they turned on the radio 
and the classic rock station goes, you're home for classic rock and played California Cation by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, my God. I was like, I'm getting old because I remember when that record came out, I was a I was a young boy. I'm like, oh, my God. You just don't. You just I'm starting don't to I'm starting it. to have classic rock now. Like, this isn't cool. Like, <laughs> you just don't <laughs> think about it. Like, because I'm obviously I'm 39. For me, classic rock is Led Zeppelin. You know, the classic, Eagles, yeah. like classic 70s rock. And I don't realize that what I listened to is, say, if it was 95, that's 26 years ago. So, yeah, everything that I listened to, which is fine, though, because now that's what they want to hear because yeah. that's their classic rock. So what they want to hear is like, oh, man, that's I was killing that in like. 12th grade, 11th grade. So it's like all when we, when they ask to learn any of that stuff, they're like, hey, can we learn blah, blah, blah? I'm like, yeah. And I don't have to go learn it because it's like, I already know that one. It's autopilot. We learned a Green Day song the other day. Um, when I come around, besides the fact that like drumming wise, it's just the easiest money beat ever. But I was like, oh, I don't have to learn that. I know how that goes. Sure enough, didn't nobody practice it. We just did it at a gig and it was like perfect. Came off just like the record and you're like, Man, besides the fact that it's a super easy song, I was like, yeah. if this is the next 10 years of my life, kids asking for stuff that I don't have to necessarily go learn, it's going to be a nice ride. Yeah, for sure. Because on an easy street for you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we got BB Photo said, late to the party. What's up? Good morning, my friend. We got David Bygum again says, I'm going to for sure check them out and see what they have to offer and more. Uh, yeah, definitely do that. They uh, they produce some cool stuff. Dakota says, "Yeah." So so this Tuesday, yeah. No, nice. Okay, Tuesday. We're uh, we're partying, kids. David said, "Let us know what's going to happen." Uh, Richie says, uh, "Good morning. Can't stay long. Love you both." Good morning. Good to see you, Richie, my friend. Charlie Smith says, "A little late on tonight, but evening, guys. Good evening, Charlie, and also congratulations on graduating with honors, my man." Yes, congratulations, my friend. Glad to hear that for you. I know that's a that's a that's a super big deal in any musician's life to graduate from music school. And if you could, I would really like for you to send the link for that uh, record you recorded, uh, "The Good Boys," I believe is what that was called, because I want to hear you play on something that's not. Uh, show music. Yeah, I want to hear the Charlie in his element. Yeah, that's good. that would be uh, very cool. And uh, before that, good to, good to see you, Richie. Richie, as soon as we get the stickers in, we will be getting all that stuff out. Even though I'm just definitely afraid of how much it's going to cost to mail <laughs> a regular envelope to wherever in the land of the rising sun. Maybe if your if your if your parents send you care packages, we can just slip a little. There you go. <laughs> like here, here's a couple extra dollars for. But it's going to be coming no matter what. Because yeah, I got the drums, I, will take care of it. Yeah, and I got mine ordered too. So yeah, they're coming. Uh, any more comments before we actually know that we're talking? Yeah, we about got it? one more. Uh, Dakamomo said, "Just wait for twenty years down the road when you do have to learn all that Ariana Grande and yeah, yeah, because that <laughs> will be the classic rock then. But twenty years, I'll be <sighs> that'll be me having to sit. In I'll for, be I'll be fifty nine. Me and if I have to worry about Ariana Grande at fifty nine, we've got problems. I'll be subbing. I'll be the new Dakota. No, you, yeah, you'll, for you, you'll be the, making the gripe then going, Oh, right, right, right. I don't have to learn anything. Woohoo. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I don't listen to anything on the radio. So I would actually have to go back and be like, true. Like, which record is this off of? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me get my tapioca pudding. In. But since we mentioned it, uh, since Richie mentioned it, uh, thank you everybody for all the legacy members. Thank you 
for sending me your addresses. We still have, I didn't get all 10. Um, so there were guys from the first round that still have to send in um, their addresses. Um, of course, legacy. if you don't know, legacy members are guys that have been here from the start. They are here, not every week, but they're here most of the time, always hanging out and contributing in the chat. That's the main thing is that y'all, you know, engage with us. And that's what we're really here for is Jarrett and I to have a conversation with y'all. So that's what a legacy member is. And as I said, when I mentioned it last week, we're going to have some stickers coming in. I don't even know if I kept um, the legacy actual sticker, but um, it looks like the bearded drum logo. And uh, I probably can pull one up here. Um, looks like uh, the Bearded Drum logo with a, a, a little legacy member writing underneath it. And uh, we're going to be getting, is this it? There it is. Let me put this in the thing. There we go. Um, so we're going to be getting, let me pull it up. Where is it? Legacy sticker. This is the sticker for the Bearded Drums legacy members. Those are all of you that have hung out with us from the beginning are here most of the time and always joking with us in the chat, calling us idiots, doing whatever, just hanging out. And we will, like I told Jarrett and I told all y'all, we'll update this list. And as we see people that are here all the time, we will add them to the list. And if you're not on the list right now, it's just because we're writing all the guys' da uh, names down that are here all the time. So we're still really compiled. This is only the second week of us kind of keeping up with it. We generally know who's here. But if we miss anything, it's just because we haven't gotten to it and written your name down yet. So it will be continually updated. We did it last week. And for this week, here is your updated legacy member list. That is nothing but jump. <laughs> But nothing but drums. Nothing we're, we're, but we're nothing but dumbs. That's but. right. No, nothing but dumb. <laughs> nothing but drums. Our good friend Joshua Breslow, the bespoke drummer himself, Mister Mark Whitten, and David Huckstep, AR drummer, the great Charlie Smith, our good buddy BB Photo, our really good buddy from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, even though he doesn't live anymore, Mister Neil Holloman. My really good friend, Mr. Michael Benson, who was crying his little eyes out this week because he wasn't on the list last <laughs> week. So, Michael, I hope you are happy you are now up as a legacy menu, or a member. Uh, one of our OG members, Mr. Spencer Cragseth, our really good buddy, Mike Malone. You can check out his YouTube channel here. Just search Mike Malone Drums, the great and powerful Dakamomo, another Mississippi Gulf Coast native who now lives in Japan, Mr. Richie Henry, another OG member, Mr. S David Sapertman, and another OG member, Mr. Scott Shireman, the wizard himself. A.K.A. Dave Drake. That's right. And, of course, our good friend who has been a lot with us recently, Mr. David Bygum. So this list is really just a big thank you to all of you who hang out with us every week. You contribute in the form of videos or pictures. You hang out in the chat. You call us dummies when we say stupid things like nothing but jums. Um, so thank you. This is for all of you guys. This is really what the channel is about. And if, uh, what is that? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, or 18. 18. <clears throat> that's enough stickers on the way to cover everybody on this list. And like I said, if we miss somebody like uh, Cosmo Kramer, I think is somebody we yeah. might have missed. 
And if anybody else that we did miss, we will update this list until we get it completely full with the guys that we would consider legacy members. Now, obviously, legacy member thing can't go on forever because then everybody would be a legacy member thing. So yeah. we'll have to stop it at some point. But for right now, this is the current legacy member list. Thank you to all of you that hang out with us on a constant basis. And if your name is on this list that you see right now, you need to email me. A email. I'm an idiot. You need to email <laughs> me beardeddrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send me your mailing address so that when these stickers do come in, I can send it out to you free of charge because that's what Bearded Drums does for its legacy members. Beardedrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. Send me your address. So that does all of the house cleaning for today. Let's get into some of our viewer submissions. And I say it every week, and I sound like a stupid broken record at this point. There is no way that Josh Breslow has yet another kit to send into us a snare drum a hand-painted cowbell from the civil war anything there's no way he can't do this constantly well ladies and gentlemen josh breslow is now batting a thousand he is undefeated for the weeks that we have been doing here lately i think he's four or five and oh for sending in a project and here is the project for this week and of course the stupid picture is sideways but we have oh, and Jarrett, you have the uh, I do the description. You can go ahead and read that for all the guys. Hello, hope things are well with you, Stephen and Jarrett. Here is that Ludwig and Ludwig fifteen by seventeen field snare. I purchased the Chicago drum show a few weeks back. My fellow teacher and talented artist Troy painted the artwork on the bass drum head again. Put a small t oh. Ugh. I put a small kit together with other vintage single-tension drums I own. My first kit ever was a Yellow Pearl Export Series. It's great to have a little yellow drum back in my life. Being an art teacher, I'm officially off for the next three months. I'm really looking forward to spending some time in the shop working out some new ideas and finishing some projects I previously started. Jarrett, I got time for you and your drum. Thanks, as always. Josh Breslow. Well, number one, thank you for sending that in. Number two... I'm very glad because you asked everybody's opinion on the show two or three weeks ago whether you should strip that drum or not. And I think both Jarrett and I were like, no. You touch the, it, you the die. The yellow <laughs> looks cool. Leave it. And you left it, and it looks super dope. Uh, let me go back to the one just of the bass. There's the bass drum. So the kick looks cool. It's got a nice what I would consider patina on it. It's got beautiful scratches and it looks like it's been weathered and played. And I do like the artwork that you have had done here on the bass drum. So that just came out looking super cool. I would imagine it thumps as well, a little 15 like that. Um, and then going back to the, there we go. The whole thing. Now that you've got a complete single tension set up, the whole thing looks super cool and probably sounds like super like hipster smooth, like as far as like the woody tones. And oh, the yeah. Fact they're all single tension. Um, very, very jealous. Eat your heart on Eric Binder. Yeah, really. Like there's that's um, 
Oh, and I, that's right. I did, you know, I didn't even notice it with the snare drum either. I was looking at the two big field drums being used as toms. Didn't even notice the actual snare drum. I wish I could zoom in on that. That's the one. Uh, it's one of the other ones he got too. Yeah, I like that a lot, man. That's that came out really nice. I think he's got an overhead shot, so everything looks like it has the, you know, maybe not original, but definitely old heads on it. So I can already hear what this drum set sounds like. And I think that's going to be, especially like you said, you've got three months off. You've definitely got some cool stuff to play with over the course of this summer. And I hope that you've got a, a proper gig where you can break this out and do some uh, some uh, some really cool tom work on those field snares. I'll be awesome. And uh, I really love that that uh, traditional style uh, eagle that your uh, friend painted. I'm a big fan of traditional uh, American tattoos and all of the work that's with that. So I'm a big fan of that. It's awesome. With play like that, that you had that. I sound. I don't want to be derogatory, but the the gypsy hand kind of deal, the fortune teller hand. I guess yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. More. And then now you got the eagle. Sick. Super, super jealous. Yeah, always a cool entry by Mister Josh Breslow. Like I said, I'm always surprised <clears throat> that he can manage to come up with a project just about every week. But that's <clears throat> that's exactly why we're here. We had somebody comment on the channel this week that he had recently just found the channel and he mentioned that specifically in the comment that just a place you can come every week and nerd out and do drum nerd talk uh, with you know a handful of guys usually around 20 when we're live yeah so uh that's exactly you know what this is for and we're you know i'm always surprised that he has something to add to the conversation every week and this one does not disappoint as usual just another cool setup and like i said that's as far as the vintage stuff that I like to get into when I'm messing with vintage stuff, that's right up my alley. Everything super vintage, single tension, really woody sounding drums and a thump and kick drum. That's kind of right up my alley. So I'm definitely jealous on the uh, on the setup you've got there. Right and I've been now. wanting another old marching snare drum for so long, and and, now, and he has those two look so good. I just want him an eye on Nelson Drum Shop. But the ones he has are like, they're just, I don't want to spend the time to fix it up. I want one. Honestly, I'm going to have to just have Josh, if he finds one, just have him find it, buy it, fix it, and then just send it to me whole because I don't want to deal with the work to it. Yeah, I would imagine between Mark, Josh, and Mike, they could probably scrounge up something that's, re like I can see what you're saying, ready to yeah. play. You don't have to go back and fix anything, you know, maybe put ahead or maybe not. Yeah. But that's that that would be the main the main issue is just either to change the heads out or not and then it's ready to play. Um so another cool submission from Josh Breslow. Thanks as usual Josh for sending that in. Um and then we move on to well any comments before I switch over to the next one. Uh yeah, so we got a couple um Richie said a regular envelope shouldn't be much, but if it's crazy for any reason, I'll pick it up when I visit no, no, next. No, 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 Christmas. no, no, my friend. Bearded Drums takes care of its legacy members, and we do this at no cost to you. So don't you worry about the dollar and 67 cents it's going to cost me to send that all the way across the world. All right, back to it. Um, we got uh, Dakota says represent. Um he also continues, any more light socket stickers on the way? We have a lot of gigs to taint. <laughs> okay, so if you don't know <clears throat> what he's talking about, Jarrett may or may not know what a he's talking about. A little bit. I, the, one of the best presents I ever got 
Rachel, I, I, I saw it somewhere stupid. And I was just like, that's a good idea. Maybe I saw it. I saw a video on YouTube. And the guy was in a big airport. And he has their stickers that look like a light socket. But they're like, <clears throat> the way they print the stickers, the stickers are kind of printed at an angle. So there's a tiny bit of a shadow on one side. So when you put that on something, because it's kind of shot at an angle, it looks real. And <clears throat> it's this video of this guy like going around, you know, because that's probably one of the m biggest places you're going to be looking for a charging port. Yeah. Is at an airport. And he's just sticking them all over the place. And it's a funny video where people get mad, blah, blah, blah. And I was just offhand, I mentioned to Rachel, I was like, that would be a great gift for, you know, my birthday or something, you know, that a T-shirt's cool or whatever's cool, but something like that provides joy for, at least for me, what is now many years, at least three years I've had these stickers. And I don't sling them everywhere. I only do it when it's like prime location. So literally from Key West, Florida, all the way to Houston, Texas, which is a pretty far stretch, you can find secret hidden fake outlets in the perfect <laughs> spot at Hard Rock, at Big Bars in Key West, at B Big Bars in Destin and Gulf Shores and Lake, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Like, I have probably tricked so many people into being like, oh, for once there's power. No! And <laughs> at the juke joint, Matt has actually before, like I've been setting my drums up before we start, and Matt's like, come here, come here, come here. And I'm like, I'm trying to set my drums up, man. What? Come here. And there he pulls me around the corner and where the board is for the stage, right next to it, the perfect spot for power. I put one of those stickers. And there is this drunk girl. And she is literally trying to jab her phone charger into <laughs> the sheetrock. The perfect implementation of that sticker. So what he's referring to is just about every, every time we go to a, a bigger bar or a place that's just like choice. I try to put one of those stickers out and piss the very next drummer or guitar player that follows behind me with the perfect placement of power. So yes, Dakota, we will be putting over the course of the years, many more of those stickers up. So if you ever see perfect power, you just be careful. Cause I might be right around the corner ready to laugh at you. <laughs> um, Doc Momo says, dude, Jared, just some American tats together. That would be fun. Uh, probably not. Uh, my father would kill me. Um, or as Steven says, my body is a temple. Uh, <laughs> um, then my boy Frank, I can never pronounce. We had uh, Brandy say his name for us that one night because it's also Italian because Brandy's Italian. Oh, she did. Let me see the. Let me see the. Uh, yeah, because I, I always yeah, get this I, up. When I see it, I'm probably. Where is it? Dakamomo, Dakamomo. Very, la very last one. Oh, Chianciarulo. Chianciarulo. Yeah, I okay. think that's right. You can scold me in the comments, Frank. Chianciarulo, I yeah, think is because uh, Brandy Brandy speaks Italian and is Italian, so she like gave us like yeah. The and even if I'm not saying it right, I'm still doing this, which gets me another thirty percent. So, <laughs> Chianciarulo, what did he say? Yes, <laughs> nice. Yeah, Chianciarulo, nice. He goes, "Hey guys, greetings from New Jersey. Great podcast. I uh, caught all your episodes, but this is the first time I've been able to catch the live broadcast. Awesome. We are very glad that you are here with us, Mister Chianciarulo." <laughs> But yeah, that's it. We're all caught up. Awesome. Glad to have you, Frank. Yes, thank you for being here. Um, all right, so the next submission for the week is from our good buddy, 
Mr. Mike Malone. You can catch Mike Malone here on YouTube as well. Simply search Mike Malone Drums. And last week, Mike had mentioned that he picked up a blue and olive badge ludwig white marine pearl classic maple for what how 75 bucks or something yeah like 75 because he got it from the, the the school he teaches music at it's either that or it's um a guy that's part of the church gig he does does a thing either way and either he, way uh no it was a school getting rid of this kit because they don't know what it's worth yeah um so for 75 bucks he picked up a all maple se- 70 yeah 70s hollywood kit so uh, 12 here 13 is, 16 22 i would imagine this is all cleaned up now that he's had it for a week so he's probably wiped it down and polished the chrome and, and all he that got hoops because he was missing hoops and all the drums that's right he oh. was that's right he was so as usual number one props to your studio mike i love i love the way i want the, the metal rack that you have but Number one, props on the studio. Number two, props on the kit. It is looking very sharp. Looks like, okay, so you got a clear on the batter for the kick with a little felt strip on the side. Classy. Very nice. How you do it. Very simple. No need for pillows in this house. And it looks good. Like I said, he's got pretty much identical matching fading on all of the drums. Maybe a little more on the bass drum, or that could just be the shadow of the room. But either way, like those drums are meant as far as the aging of the white marine pearl. Like, mm, I can I can imagine this is going to be a very cool kit to play. Because so, right, we were talking about it, and he's a lot like us. Well, more like me, a little bit less like you. Uh, 22 is just so big. Yeah. I don't know. My, my, my tastes are definitely changing here as of late. I've been a big fan of if it fits on the cart, it goes into the gig. And granted, even though I've switched kits and moved from a four-piece to a five-piece, it all still fits on the cart, so it all still goes in the gig. But I used to be kind of of that same, I want a 16, I want an 18 because it's easy to get into the gig. But I do admit sometimes, like when we play the Hangout in Destin or even the bigger club in Destin AJ's, the 22 makes a lot of sense. Yeah, It's perfect. Now, granted, do I want to carry a 22 around all the time? Mm. Oh, my God, no. So I think that at least because we're, we are of the same mind on this, that's where the 20 comes in. It's a nice you know, median between a jazz size kick, a 16 or an 18, but still gives you some of the girth approaching the big old 22. Yeah. But not really having, and I say not having to carry around the big old 22, but it doesn't matter with this reference because the thing weighs so much, it's like carrying a 22. Like a master's 22 probably weighs about the same as this reference 20. Yeah. And the reference 20 still might weigh more because it's a heavy drum, but it's a nice median. Um, but with his, I can just imagine that that's, that kick is going to sound really good and, you know, I I put it, pat, you know, nothing past an old Ludwig that's been kept in good condition to sound nothing but good. Because the one I had, that 22 thumped. That was one of like the, the probably one of the most best sounding kick drums I've ever owned. And all it had was um, a super kick one on the batter side and the uh, the Aquarian, whatever it is for the Rezo um, with the the hole already in it. What's it called? Regulator? Yeah, uh, the yeah. regulator. And that was it. And that thing sounded amazing. That was what I was on that standard before I got rid of it. Same thing. Yeah. Uh, Super Kick 1, regular on the Rizzo side, I mean. Yeah, and if you're a fan of Aquarian, that's that's kind of like, for me, it would be EMAD, REMAD. 
Yeah. For you, that would be what P four, P three, P three, and then probably whatever on the front. There, there's not really in a much like all the resos. They have like one now that probably has a hole in it, like come stock. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't use a hole in the front, but but the, but in the recent years, I have because of yeah. sitting in for you and anything like that. Or playing now, the rock band where we actually have a gig that's mic'd. Yeah. Um, but being that those are the stand-ups, st- standards. standards standards for Remo and Evans, I would consider that the standard for like an all-around easy fix for an Aquarian user, no thinking involved, super kick, and then a regulator. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, again, the kit came out looking really nice. And actually, I'll go through the pictures. Uh, no, that's Josh. Go back through the pictures here. Um, I do have a video of... Mike playing this kit. Um, and remember, if you want something featured here on the show live, it can be a recent acquisition. You got a new kit. It could be something you already own that you're just really proud of that you want to show off. It could be something that you're wanting to fix or, you know, refurb. Send pictures in to beardeddrums at gmail.com, all lowercase. And if you want to send a video in, that's fine. Just make sure it's shorter than 30 seconds so we don't have issues with you emailing it to me or me having something too big to load up on the stream. So any pictures or a short video clip, just send those into bearded drums at gmail.com and we will feature your stuff on this show. It doesn't have to be something new. It could be something you already own that you really just want to share with everybody. Yeah. And we'll put it here on the show. <clears throat> so I do have a video of Mike playing the new kit. It's a short video. Jarrett and I have already listened to it. We can't hear it here live, but you will be able to see and hear it. So this is Mike playing his new Playboy kit now that it is all set up. Hollywood. Oh, I'm sorry. Ludwig Hollywood, Hollywood kit. Ho- there you go. <laughs> I've already I've got the Playboy club in my head. There we go. And I'll probably play that here again in a few seconds because it's a very short clip. The volume should have been good. I checked the volume before the stream. So that is all set up. Mr. Mike Malone with his Ludwig Hollywood there you go. set up in white marine pearl. Um, very jealous that you managed to pick that up for $75. Uh, I, don't Steel. Get, I don't get those deals. I have <laughs> to buy brand new pearl and finance it for four years <laughs> to get anything. Um, so, yeah, I'll play it one more time because that's it for... Viewer submissions for the week. So one more time, here is Mike with his new Ludwig. All right. Now, before we move on to the main section for the week, any more comments we need to catch up on? Um... Frank goes Chancarulo. Pronounce gives that phonetically. Chancarulo. Chancarulo. Okay. BB Photo says, "What a deal! Score." I know, right? What a deal indeed, and that's it. We're all caught up. Very nice. Um, so today, a lighter topic, very easy to talk about, but something that I don't think a lot of guys even know about, <clears throat> or have ever really paid attention to, because I know for the longest time, when I would see this listed on a symbol or a hi-hat or a crash. I'd never really cared. 
probably because most of the time I was buying a Sabian AAX explosion crash. And what we're talking about is that gram weight of a symbol. And to be honest with you, even if I was buying one now, if I went online and typed in Sabian AAX explosion crash and somebody said, oh, you know, here's a 17, it's $279 and it's 880 grams. I don't really know, need to know the weight of an AAX explosion. Yeah. They're pretty much, I mean, no symbol is identical, but those are pretty much identical. Same way with a Zildjian A custom crash. There's not much to, there's not much nuance between that one and this one. Yeah. Um, now, but when we're talking about buying the big boy Istanbul, if you're going to buy a K-Con, if you're going to buy a Minel, what are they called? Foundry Reserve. Yeah. Then, and especially, obviously, we talked about this last week, you know, Mike has this option. Uh, I think Spencer being where he lives. Um, whoever, I think, was it either Frank or... Um, David Huckstep mentioned they were in the same city as the as the drum. You might have the option to go if you live in a bigger area to go pick. Say you're going to buy what's a really expensive ride, five hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, that's going to be your Minel Foundry Reserve, your K Con, your Istanbul Agop thirtieth anniversary, something like that. Yeah, you're going to spend four fifty to five fifty. And let's say that you don't have the option to go to bentley's drum shop in hollywood or memphis drum shop you have to order online then obviously that weight thing is going to come into play really quickly obviously you, you need to do like we always suggest you know if you're looking for a 20 inch bisons foundry reserve you need to type that in on youtube and you need to watch every video you need to watch the memphis drum shop video you need to watch the drum shop of maine the forks everybody of the big retailers that do their review videos then you need to watch all the crappy videos where dude's got his cell phone out in his bedroom and he's smacking it. And then dude at home has a good recording setup and gets a pretty good sound. I think having that like wide spectrum of videos, even the bad ones can give you little hints on how a symbol will sound. You know, that will be the first step. Then you got to go out and pick one out online. And this is where gram weight comes in. And I'll have to be honest with you, up until about four or five years ago, that didn't mean anything to me. Same. So when you said, oh, well, you know, it's a 16-inch crash and it's, you know, 1,012 grams. Okay, what the what the heck does that mean? Like, I don't, and I, and I didn't care. Now, it's become a little bit more of a player for me. These hi-hats were the perfect example. When I was looking for these last two weeks ago everybody was really good specifically with this pair of hi-hats not even all of the exist they were listing the gram weights on this stuff and i just over the course of the years messing with stuff and knowing how much it weighed i learned that you know a thousand gram which would be like a really heavy hi-hat bottom is not something i really like yeah. Or a really high gram weight crash in an 18. That would probably be maybe similar, like 12, 1300 grams. That would be too much. Yeah. So I kind of learned within, you know, a certain amount of give the gram weight for like a typical crash, what a bottom hi hat would be. 
Rides are a little different because I know that's like getting into what a, a average two thousand or high one thousand grand. Well, it, it depends because that's whenever. So those high numbers um, for like a crash or something are actually considered low for a ride. So like if you get a ride that's seventeen hundred grams, that's pretty thin. It's pretty light. Yeah. And then once you get to like two thousand twenty two, you start to get like to the the medium. Yeah. And then uh, like a heavy ride is anything that's like. Th- Three thousand up. Yeah, to me is like well, anything past like twenty five is heavy for me. I about to say um, twenty five would probably be for me for what for what I've messed with because obviously I haven't been able to put my hands on everything, but the stuff I have been able to mess with that I did know the weight of twenty five, which is like that medium range, which is about for me like I know personally I don't really want anything heavier than a medium ride. Like yeah. I always knew that I could purchase like. There's certain Sabian models that I've played over the years that I just know. So if something were to happen and I got into a car accident and my symbols were ruined or they got stolen, I know that I can go buy a Sabian AA medium ride. And it's going to work perfectly. Yeah. They all typically sound the same. And those are, like you're saying, usually depending upon uh, the variance, 23 to 2,500 grams. Yeah. So... AAX explosion crash. I know I can go buy one of those and I know what it sounds like. I'm having to learn a little more with Istanbul because obviously it's a different brand. It's a different technique for making the symbols. So I'm learning as I go with these. Um, they tend to be a little on the lighter side, um, but it did help when I, when it came time to pick these out because I have full confidence. These are going to sound just fine, but I knew what gram weight to go for and we have it. The top hi hat is which is seven. I would probably consider me not drop this. Um, I would consider this like a medium thin top. So as far as like what you would hear thickness wise when just describing it, and it's seven hundred seventy six grams, which I would consider just given it the bend about medium thin. And the bottom hat, which I would consider a very typical medium, not a medium thin is 881 so i've got yeah it's about a medium uh, maybe a little lighter so i knew that 881 grams on the bottom and 776 on the top gave it enough spread that these would sound significantly different um like if i was to take them and try to play them kind of like a splash So you can kind of hear the pitch on that as opposed to there's the bottom, which is definitely you can tell it's thicker and it's got a little bit more ping to it. So I know that that's going to give a nice contrast to the top hi-hat symbol. But I also know from all of the hi-hats I've owned over my lifetime, I know that I like a medium, maybe medium heavy bottom and a medium, maybe medium light top. But that's because I know what I like. So that makes it easy when I go to pick that stuff out. And I know a lot of guys out there, maybe not all of you watching, but there are a lot of guys out there that when they see that gram weight, you know, they kind of throw their hands up. Yeah, because I didn't know when I was getting to know what it meant at all. I was getting like kind of confused and I was like, well, what what does it matter how much it weighs? It should sound similar or do the exact same to other thing. And then I learned very quickly after watching a couple of videos and then especially with having that medium and medium thin low at the house, they're not super drastic in weight, uh, but 
uh, the same uh, time, there that minor difference makes a huge pitch change. If that's something that is uh, important to you, I know I like to have around like a third to a fifth separation yeah. uh, in my cymbal tones going across. Um, at least from your your ride to your your main crash. At least that's for me. Or your for what I generally play is nothing but ride symbols. Uh, my ride to my crash ride, so to speak, is having you know that contrast, um, and because it helps emphasize the music you're playing. Um, chord changes makes it it makes the chord changes sound more drastic uh, to me. Um, that could just be well, but I mean obviously you would not want to have fourteen inch hi hats. A sixteen-inch crash and a sixteen-inch crash. That would there would be no point to that. Yeah, psst, psst, that's not that doesn't emphasize anything. That's why you see guys with a sixteen-inch crash and an eighteen-inch crash, or a eighteen and a nineteen, or a nineteen and a twenty, or eighteen and twenty. You want to have the and I think you know first off you got to find out what you like as far as like the general terms. Do you like light stuff? Do you like medium? Do you like medium light? Do you like medium heavy? Do you like heavy? Yeah. Um, you know, if you want a maximum projection power and volume, you obviously want a heavy ride. Um, or same thing with the crashes. You want a heavy crash if you if you play, you know, <clears throat> metal or anything or really loud, aggressive music. And you yeah. have something like that. I know a lot of folks uh, in like the metal scene, their whole thing is it has to cut through the music like they have to be able to hear the time behind what was going on and then in other genres that's the last thing you want is to you don't want to hear a guy's ride cymbal cutting through a horn line you want to hear it kind of holding up a horn line yeah. or uh just kind of like supporting the music instead of it being drastic out in there in front of you yeah um, and so keep in mind that as that thickness goes up in the cymbal that's just going to raise not only the volume but typically the pitch yeah um, so the jazz guys that want the trashy, buttery, soft sound and stuff, and that's typical for jazz cymbals, are usually going to be thin. Um, a lot of your cymbals are thin. Um, you know, obviously you might have a medium ride or a medium light ride, but what's the what's the biggest one you have of those cons? Is it a medium heavy? The, um, the biggest one I have is just a straight up medium 22. See, there you go. So, you know. And that's, and that's still kind of a heavy ride it's beefy but being that you're typically in the swing sort of thing you know that just kind of proves the point anything from the light to the medium range that'll take care of you there obviously the lighter stuff being thinner and trashier and giving you more stick definition and then you step up into that heavy i mean the medium which is what a lot of us use for pop gigs most of the stuff i use is medium all of that typical exist line, just the exist natural line, is what I would consider either medium light or medium. The ride, the hats I have, the new set of hats, and the crash. It's all like medium light or medium. Not really any heavy stuff. And then getting into the heavy stuff like we we're talking about, now you're getting maximum projection, maximum volume, a lot higher of a pitch. That's why those really heavy rides are real pingy. And like you were saying, great for metal or something where you really have to cut through that music. Oh, you're playing, or well, it's traditional, we're doing a ping ride in big band. Yeah. Because um, you are, you know, fighting with 15 horns. Um, that's like the only time. But then a lot of those ping rides, uh, Charlie might either agree or disagree with, me on with this. A lot of them, for being as bright as they are, they still weren't that loud. It, they were just, the the tone was just enough to, to not interfere 
with the high brass because you're you're playing basically you know a modified brass cymbal. Yeah. Um, last thing you want is to have that color tone like fight another section of the band and be um, having what I call like the squirreliness. Like it it's kind of off and it isn't quite because it's close to in the pitch or whatever they're playing. So yeah. you start here start fighting frequencies. Um, well, and like you were saying about doesn't necessarily always mean louder volume. Yeah. Um, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, the snare drum. This is the Pearl reference. 20-ply snare drum. I want to say it's like 25 millimeters thick. Like, it is, and obviously when we get this snare drum here on the live show, I'm going to take the head off and show everybody because it's really not only a wonderful, what I would consider a wooden work of art because those shells are just beautiful, but you would look at the drum on the inside. That shell is th so thick at 20 plies. You would think it's like, oh, no, there's this is too loud of a drum. Yeah. And that is something that I kind of encountered when I was shopping for it. I was like, is this something that I really need? My brass free th floater is pretty loud. Am I buying something that's basically a metal drummer's snare drum? Is this going to be too much? And then luckily I went through all the videos and two of the guys in those videos specifically said, don't be afraid of this snare drum, even though it's that thick and 20 plies, it really is not an overwhelming volume. So getting a thicker snare drum or a really thick, heavy ride, it's not, it's going to give you more volume, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be like the end all be all cannon of volume. Yeah. Because uh, I, I have had some, like typical medium rides, maybe medium light rides that were really loud. And I've had, this would be a long, long time ago. It's been a long time since I bought, like, I think I bought the Sabian, whatever it is, power bell ride oh where God. the bell is literally like that big. And it was the stupidest. I mean, it was just me being a child and like, I think like 19 years old. And I was like, it just looks cool with a big old, basically like an eight inch bell. Um, hated the symbol, would never play it now and have no need for something like that. Um, so I think we've all kind of done that at some point. You bought a symbol where you thought it was going to be something and it just turned out to be 90 miles away from where you thought it was going to be. So I think that's why it's important to figure out, and I'm sure most of you, like, tell us in the comments what y'all like. Do you typically go for lighter stuff? Or do you typically stay in the medium range, which was where I think a lot of drummers live? Or do you go for the heavy, aggressive, super bell ping rides or like the Z custom in uh, Zildjian, which I know for the longest time was like the choice yeah. for metal and, you know, hardcore stuff where they had that beautiful combo. I think it was a Z custom on bottom and a K dark on top. The nose just so regular. Just, just a K. Just a K. The KZ, that, baby. Yeah, that is like Saw one of after. the best formulas ever. 13 inch. It's the go-to. That and, was, uh, and that was, uh, that was Carter Beaufort's go-to for like 15 or 20 years. No, still Steve Gads, I believe to this day, I think he still plays a KZ. And even though guys in the past have had problems with cracking Z customs cause they suck because that Z customs on the bottom, you're not going to have to worry about that's not going to be the symbol that breaks. Yeah. Um, but I do remember all those videos from back in the day where guys like got into Z custom really heavy and had the crashes and they would just break them left and right. It was a cool hammering pattern that Paul and them did that cool spiral. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
one um, of my favorite metal drummers um, plays for a band called Rings of Saturn. Very technical uh, metal band. Um, they're not like tech death or anything. Uh, I would just they play like I'd call them alien core as like a joke. All this is about like outer space and everything. But their the drummer plays a very cool kit because all of his stuff's triggered. He plays a uh, oh the last gear review he did a while back. Uh, this is years ago. He played a uh, Tema like cocktail kit. Uh, 10, 14, 18, uh, with the whatever snare drum, uh, Evans hybrid snare. Uh, Tom heads were like destroyed, didn't matter, uh, because they're all triggered. But he played a cut down of a Z custom mega bell. Nice. And I was like, it was, it was a very interesting. <laughs> so it's like, it's mostly bell with a little bit of ride. But if you see the way he plays, he has it's, it's, it's right above his floor tom. Like and it's flat. Like it's that's his ride where his ride. Yeah, yeah. Because he's playing like tons of even like at tempo. I would consider them sixteenth notes because the music's so fast. Um, wherever you want to, where you're going to find your quarter at. But he's playing like very like like gravity blast. Yes, yeah, so I'd imagine having some whatever if you're using it most, having it in a very comfortable position where you can just lock in and play whatever super fast and complicated groove yeah. he's doing. So it makes sense that that ride is kind of tucked off in the pocket. Just kind of down there where he can just run it. Because a lot of guys, that's a big, at least in the metal scene, uh, they didn't have a lot enough bells for all in their rides. Yeah, so yeah. That's where all those bells came from. <laughs> it's like, so you need an actual, an actual, like, pure bell tone. Uh, what is like it? A, the Zill bell? Yeah, the Zill bell, the Ice bell, uh, the Z Al, bell. The Al-U bell from Sabian. Yeah, you have all these different bells that they made specifically. Speaking uh, of dumb things that we've bought that we never use, there is a Sabian Al-U bell in that room back there. That I don't know what I bought it for. There's like 16 dudes on the coast that play in all these metal bands. I would be like, I'll buy it from you because that's literally what all the dudes that they've listened to. I will to. sell it to you. It's great. It works. But for me, you know, proud Mary, keep on burning. Ding. Like it's just not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Well, like, so, like, so, like, back in the day, like, of, well, I guess it's still a little bit used. Maybe it's like ironic <laughs> now to use it. But I'm like, to like signify a breakdown in metal, you would go to the bell. Like, anytime you'd have like a break, ding, ding, digga, 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 digga. You would like go throw it in the space, or you'd have like, you just slam it because they have all these crazy guitars chucking out 16, 30 second note runs. Bass guitar is really not even there because you don't need one because you're running everything and drop drop D with twelve strings. So there's no need for a bass player you're playing all this crazy stuff. But you need something that's cutting literally across the mix for all these guys. I mean, everything in that and those bands is literally like mid to low frequency. Yeah. And the only thing that's high is either when the the singer screams and doesn't do like guttural. Yeah. yeah. So either, <clears throat> either either he's like screaming or it's your cymbals and your freaking ice bell bing bing gong gong <laughs> yeah specifically yeah. that zill bell is that al u bell is loud but it's it's aluminum yeah that zill bell is cutting is is b20 bronze i think like, we used it once we had one uh that someone brought in we're doing like a, a we needed like a a captain's bell like yeah before, so we yeah, use yeah, that yeah. we use that and then mr joe uh rested peace he was like no, he's like, hang on. And he went to his office and like opened up a crate full of goodies, and he's like, 
I was hoping I still had this somewhere. Pull out an actual captain's belt. Nah, of course. And he's like, use this instead, please. We're like, but this is, he's like, no. We went for it, and he like just looked, gave us the stare, and we're like, all right, stick it down, Don't put it back do in the it. box. Bing, 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 bing. Not as fun, because we were, because we would get bored, we would like, He's like, stop it. It's, it's like, well, you guys don't get sugar. That's why we can't have nice things. You guys break stuff. I do the same thing. You put something stupid on the side of my kit for one night. Hey, hey, man, come check this out. And it's like a dumb addition like that. I will find the most inopportune time to hit it. Not when you're supposed to be hitting it. No. But when there's a break and you're like, ha. <laughs> we're the worst. Type so of like we musician. were saying, the point being is you got to kind of figure out what you like, you know, and it's only through experience that you figure out. Um, so what are they, are they given some? Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, we asked what y'all liked as far as light, medium, medium, heavy, heavy, and this is what you are weighing on with. So we got, so we got Charlie Smith goes, I think weights really come into with vintage symbols because they tend to vary a heck of a lot more and, of course, often have no model name visible after years of wear. That is hold super true. Especially yeah, that's, a, that's old, a great point. With old K's, especially with old A's too, but most with old K's because that's how a lot of guys know a good good K from a bad K is from the weight. Yeah. Let's well, like what, what we were, we were basically up until this point talking about was modern stuff. Yeah. Which is not that's not as prevalent. Like we said, all AA explosions pretty much sound the same, and they're obviously more consistent nowadays. So that's a great point. That yeah, it really comes into play. Which is something I know nothing about. If you were to tell me to go pick out a 50s Zildjian A or maybe like a 30s K by gram weight, I don't know the golden ratio for Zildjian. Like like you said, there are probably guys that are big into old Ks. Even like uh, the um, early Sabian stuff that yeah. was printed out and sometimes had a logo on it, sometimes didn't. They know, like, oh, yeah, of course, uh, the perfect uh, K Constantinople vintage ride is, you know, 2375 grams. Like, they would know exactly what to go hunting after. Yeah. That's where I would be like, I don't, I have no clue. I know generally what that's going to get you to medium light, medium, heavy, but I don't know what those, you know, those perfect ratios for like. Obviously, hunting Zildjian down, which yeah. is more of your realm than my realm. Because Charlie continues, um, being able to tell the difference between a 60s Zildjian 18 Thin Crash and 18 Ping Ride is near impossible in photos. So hearing and knowing the rough spectrum of weights for each model is key. Yes, it is. Was that, and, if you're, and if you're buying vintage Zildjian like that, you're spending good money. Yeah, like, that uh, stuff's not cheap. Yeah, and the thing with, like, in the old Calyx stuff, all it was was you had... Uh, the stamp for the symbol, like saying like, this is a Zildjian, yeah. and it's like, and it's heavy, so it's a ride. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's light, it's a crash. All right, and that's all you got. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's no, there wasn't. And then, of, like we were saying, the consistency between those being produced at that time would have been wild. Yeah, you know, you might be two hundred gram difference between the same symbol as to where nowadays they might have gotten it down to ten grams is their variance. So like. 10 grams between this crash and that crash as opposed to 50 years ago where it's like, we don't know. We yeah, just kind of throwing them out there. That's why guys went to the factory and, uh, yeah. and had, which is still why that is, you know, do you want to be famous? Well, hell yeah. I want to be famous. Why do you want the girls? No, I want to be able to go into Sabian or Istanbul's vault and go pick out my own stuff. Yeah. Cause that's why Benny Greb's stuff sounds amazing. That's why, 
Gorgo. Was it Gorgo? Giorgio Borlai? Gorgo. Gorgo Borlai. That's why his stuff sounds amazing. All of those guys get to go to Zildjian, get to go to Sabian, get to go to Istanbul and be like, here, stacks and stacks. And then you really can find out specifically what you want is when are we going to be able to do that? Probably never. Yes. The one time we go to Forks or Memphis. Yeah. Um, so, or unless you're lucky, like the what Benny Greb just did recently, he did uh, I think it was like either a hundred or two hundred symbol packs that he hand selected yeah, yeah. and went through. So that's like the closest you can get. So, well, what would Benny Greb actually play? And mm-hmm. he goes through and, and sorts all these symbols together. It's like, well, I would play all these as a set, all these as a set, and you get like a you know that'd be the closest thing to being to have the experience of going someplace. Mm-hmm. And picking it out, which would is be, a, would, is another cool idea, kind of like the the three hi hat offering. They should do that more often. Like Istanbul should bring Carter McLean in, and say, "Hey man, pick out, I don't know, twenty five sets of symbols and make a set that you like." And then they could sell them as like this is if this is what you're going after, which is a big part of Istanbul's allure. Is Carter? He puts out so much on their behalf. This could go, or you know, if it was Zildjian. Uh, Stanton, come pick out 25 sets of this stuff, and this will be the Stanton Moore kind of formula. And it wouldn't cost them any more because they already made the symbols. They're just putting them into packs. Yeah. And it's not like it's a 1,000 sets. It's 25 sets. So that would probably be something cool for them to look at doing if you were trying to go after a very specific sound and that person happened to play the brand that you play. And you really, really like their sound. Like that's what you're going after. I, mean, I, could, I mean, not that I would use it in a pop gig, but if I had the money and that's what I was going for, and you told me Carter McLean had picked out these sets of symbols and we have one here, I'd be like, okay, I trust that because I know his ear, I know what his symbols sound like, and he's going to pick something fairly similar to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would be a great idea. It would be something I'd love to, to see them kind of implement. I know that Memphis did something similar, but they would pick out like certain ones that like paired well to each other yeah. and then make packs that way. But they don't do it too often because every time – they do it. I've always never had the money to like. Well, plus that does tie up that inventory. Now yeah. you can't sell that crash, that ride, or that hi hat because yeah. somebody has to buy that, that seventeen hundred fifty dollars set. Yeah. So I understand, and like I said, I think it still could be done though, and it would give somebody a really clear um, representation of what they were looking for in Sabian or Zildjian or whatever. Yeah. So. Um. Then we got BB Photo. Most important thing for me when choosing a new symbol. Is it specific pitch or note, and that it contains or that it contrasts plus fits in at a good interval with my other symbols? Um, the weight can only tell you so much. The dis- distribution of thickness of the symbol from the bell to edge due to lathing and or hammering determines the two differences in pitch and wash overtones, which is true. But I think the big point we're kind of harking on is like if you don't. Are you, if you if, don't if, have that option. If you don't have that option, and if you aren't able to have a sound sample, the best thing you can go off is how much it weighs. And that's going to be probably 100% of the time. Specific, this is a very specific case, but it's a very common case if you're hunting down vintage Zildjian. Yeah. Like, there's going to be no sound sample because the, none of those symbols sound the same. And usually that kind of stuff is on eBay. Like you can go into Guitar Center sometimes and they'll have some used symbols and like Bentley's in Hollywood or Chicago Music Exchange or Drum Center Portsmouth will have vintage symbols, but most of the time 
when when you've been looking for vintage stuff, where have you had to buy it from? Uh, Reverb or Instagram or someone that has yeah, it. Yeah, on an online retailer. So I think at least to kind of get you in the ballpark, the ballpark. But he is right. Yeah. Because um, you mentioned it earlier, and I think that's just a good rule for symbols in general is intervals. Obviously, however, your hi hat sound is is a, a pretty specific thing because guys are really picky about their hi hats. Yeah. But as far as this crash, say you have two crashes up front in your ride, or you play crash ride and then the or crash ride and then the other crash on the other side. However, that's set up physically, you still want that interval between your main crash and your secondary crash. And at least for me, I like a good interval between my hi hats and my ride. And even though I don't do it anymore, I was really big on that when I did two splashes, even though I typically do one now, like a 10 and a 12. This is the first time I've bought a 13, which is really, it's a crash. It's not a splash. Yeah. But because that 13 is a dry, dark Istanbul, it's a splash. It's not loud enough to be considered a crash. Um, but I think he, he is right. And that's a good point to make when you're picking symbols is to get a good interval. For me, it would be thirds between the two crashes and maybe the high hat and the ride, depending on how many, if you're using even more symbols, then obviously you want intervals between those four crashes or the three splashes, you know, kind of whatever yeah. you're using. So still a good point though. Um, then Frank goes, now you guys got me wondering where I can get a scale. I've got a 22 EAK ride that I've had since the mid eighties. Nice. Great definition, but I attribute that to the lack of bell as well as the weight. Uh, don't get rid of that, Frank. The EAKs. Yeah, no, that's those, a, those are sweet. Super nice. Those are up there with the pre-age. Like, yeah, I'm so mad I didn't know what that was at the time when I got rid of mine. <laughs> like when they got that off of me, they're like, "This guy's an idiot." <laughs> um, yeah, I, I would try to find you a scale. Um, I mean, they make them. I just don't know. Which you get it. I'm sure you can get it at Walmart. Just, just put it bell side down. Yeah, bell side down, and it's you know, it's not like obviously that's. Not a scale that you weigh yourself on. You want like a, a hobby or craft scale, something like that, that can handle up to, well, you know, maybe they're probably set for like five, 10,000 grams. Yeah. But yeah, that's all you need. They're not expensive. I think you can probably just go on Amazon right now and probably pay about 10 to 20 bucks to get a scale. Yeah. And then you can start kind of figuring out, because like I said, that's how I do it. Like when I know that I like something, like say we get done tonight and Jarrett and I start going playing with these hi-hats. Um, I'm really good with 14s because I've played mostly 14s. I've only owned one pair of 13s, and those are the Sabian Evolution hats, which, again, you could order those left and right, and they're all pretty much going to sound the same. I've never done this before. So if I ended up liking these, I'll know that if I kind of generally, this is just a general rule, you get in that 770 to 880 gram range, and that's going to be for this specific, if I ever had to buy these again or something, I would know that would get me back to where a general starting point. Yeah. Uh, Charlie goes totally with you there. The old uh, Zilping rides uh, have aren't overly loud. I tend to stick with 18 inch rides for most things. And for me, they have a lot more dynamic control under the stick. I'd also agree with you on that, Charlie uh, of late. I've been fluttering between an 18 inch K custom session, which is lower pitched, heavy, but a little clangy. The OG Steve Gad ride and a '60s Avidus Ping, which is higher pitch with more cut. Yeah, you. Can, I think the any of the old A Pings are a general good. You know, those I've I've had a couple. I think you got one off of me. 
Um, yeah, I have, uh, I have that one off of you, and then I got a heavy one from uh, Jeff McCarthy. Yeah. Not long after I got that one from you. And those are cool. Like, those are generally cool. You can pick them up. They're not terribly expensive. Like, old A's aren't that expensive. And if you wanted to get into something vintage without spending thousands of dollars, that's a good way to go. Like, the 70s, I've always been... Anything over the 70s, you start to get into some, some weird... Some guys will want a lot for them. Yeah. Especially if you get, like, weird sizes. Like, that was one of those, like, a 24. Yeah. I wish I could have gotten it. It sounded sweet, but God. I was like, I can't justify spending 400 And then finding a bag for it. Yeah, God. <laughs> a big enough bag. It's the worst. Um, he goes, uh, Charlie goes, I tend to go medium heavy rides, ping, etc. Medium thin, thin crashes, Abydos, Armand line, and a medium weight hats, uh, Armands, or Sabian AA regulars. I find that gives us the best balance of every sound. And that I would say that's a very like general use setup right there. Yeah, because like I said, you know, most drummers are going to live in the middle, and most of those really popular, very common symbols are in the middle: the AA medium, the A medium from Zildjian, the A custom, AAX, anything in that line, um, AA in, in in Sabian. They're all typically in the middle. They're great on consist- consistency. I think I've owned two or three of the HH Leopard rides, and even though those are hand-hammered, they were all pretty common. Um, I've owned two pair of HHX Evolution hats, 14s. They were almost identical. I've, I can't tell you how many... See, that's an explosion. That is an HH... So, one, two HHXs, an AAX explosion, and a vault, and they're all 18 inches... And other than the HHX Ozone, which has holes in it, all of those three symbols were generally the same, with the exception of the Vault. The Vault had a different kind of darker sound to it, but it's a Vault, that's why. But the Evolution and the AAX stuff are so close, I always knew that I could purchase that stuff and be comfortable knowing. Because like we always harp on that we don't have the access that a lot of y'all have. So for most of the stuff that we have to buy... It's online, and it's usually sight unseen. So we have had to get really good at that. If you live in a big area where you have a huge drum shop or something like that, you don't have to because you have the luxury of them carrying that stuff. But we have to be a little more crafty down here because we just don't have the access. Let's see. Continuing. Uh I get, look away, I get lost. Um, Frank goes. That's my, good though. That means there's a lot of comments. Yeah, Frank goes. My favorite rod's a 20 inch Zildjian. I bought it used 40 years ago. It's got a really small bell, but I don't think it's a ping. It's got a nice spread and has mellowed well. Um, the 22 inch K flat rod is great, but I only use it for jazz gigs. I will. Jarrett was just talking last week about the flat ride and how he really, really wanted or wanted one or now that you do have one. I have that 18, but I want like a, a bigger, bigger one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then he goes, also have a 21 inch Sabian rock rod. Huge bell works great for rock. I just can't do the big, the big boy symbols, uh, <laughs> though the hip, sorry, the heavy ones. Uh, and then see BB goes FY Bentley's is in Fresno, 260 miles North of LA. Gotta forget how big California is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that would that is one of those places I would because there's so many that you just want to visit. Um, I guess starting from that direction, Bentley's is a must because of how long it's been there, and you know Dana Bentley's reputation as a as a provider for drums. 
more recently in the north corner um resurrection um drum shop revival um, re- sorry yeah. revival drum shop just because they carry some of the coolest vintage and like weird gear like yeah really weird one-off pieces and the, and and, the, and a cap you know tipped in their direction because they just took basically a storage unit and, and it turned into it into a store like yeah roll up the door and come on in so bentley's revival and then of course the the big three you know that we think of when, when you get to the center of the country memphis drum shop that's a i mean if you're looking for symbols that is a must they do carry a lot of drums but they focus they also focus on drums like heavy in pearl heavy in yamaha heavy into some of the boutique snare brands, but they don't carry like all of the Mapex and the, you know, blah, blah, blah. They really hyper-focus in on the drums, but then the cymbals, that room has got everything you could ever think of. Minel, Sabian, Zildjian, uh, um, not uh, Byzance, Istanbul. Yeah. Like just about everything, uh, Peisty, everything you could think of and in good quantity. And then you get to Forks. I mean, that's what I would really... They do have a great... The opposite of Memphis. They have a great symbol selection, but they're hyper-focused on just like... Drums. What do you want? You want Mapex, you want Ludwig, you want Sonar, you want Gretsch. What do you want? We have it here. And that's, you know, what, two hours from Memphis Drum Shop? Yeah. And then now that you're in Nashville, you've got, again, Forks. You've got Nelson Drum Shop, which just like Revival, so many cool one-off pieces, a bunch of cool vintage stuff there's the other place that's in nashville that i always forget that you know the name of oh drum paradise drum paradise drum paradise and you have the the drum supply house because they yep. have hello drums and stuff over there and they're starting to get other things from other folks like they uh got some stuff from stack ring yeah in house now for them um and then you know moving up from there you got of course chicago music exchange which is huge huge building and huge selection You've got wooden weather Wooden Weather, which is a, a, a kind of a newer one, boutique, but still very cool stuff. And then the, for me, you might have more. The last one would be uh, Drum Center of Portsmouth, which is kind of the holy grail. Even though we kind of harp on their videos a lot here, they do have one of the greatest selections and a super cool building yeah. that they have really devoted to not just being a drum store, but being a place you could go and spend a whole day sorting through brands of drums cymbals sticks everything you could need that would be you know my little list i don't know if there's any more that you would just hey, absolutely would, have to go see my would i would always been the same i would like to go check out Bentley's. because you talk about bentley's a lot um i like to go to like maybe rups one day or Roops. yeah I, yeah, yeah rups drums uh, or one of uh the maxwell stores oh i, for, I always forget because he's got three yeah yeah keep forgetting there's three uh you have uh, so he owns Forks. That's one of the three. Then there's uh, the Chicago one, and then there's a, it's either Brooklyn or New York. It's one because I know he moved one of those stores, one of those two. But he has like, whichever one has all of his collections. That's the one I want to go to. Yeah, has like, uh, God, he's got one of the Jack Dejanet kits in the corner. He's got that uh, pearl fiberglass kit that roy haynes played Mm -hmm. he's got yeah he's got some treasures yeah and it's like just random places like you wouldn't expect like from like like the the roy haynes kit like that was the coolest thing to me is like you see that 
gold sparkle inconspicuous looking pearl kit back there. It's fiberglass. Not not a big, you know, fancy kit. No, Roy Haynes played that forever. Mm-hmm. And, like names off all the gigs that that kit was on a records. And like now that makes that kit cool. Yeah, he's got a war torn Jack DeJanet kit. You know, above this shelf, I think he had it for sale at one point. I think, but I think he just kept it. And it's all those when he was playing that massive like the eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, twenty. Yeah, yeah. But the black, I think it was a black finish with gold hardware. Like that was he's got that sonar kit like up above. Like oh my god, he's got like just tons of of history. He's got all and he's got all these cool one off finishes and stuff too. That like like holy grail finishes like not in the catalog. Yeah, but yeah. Special order by like three dudes that had it. Like he's got that purple or pink satin flame slingerlin. Um, kit that's super neat. So yeah, Steve Maxwell's up there for sure. There's a, and there's a bunch of like you know, obviously it would be hard to get to all of them because they're pretty much dotted across. Literally, one is up in the north northeast corner, the other is uh central central cent, uh, center part of the country. Then you've got the other one in the northwest corner. Then you got to go to California. It's it's a long truck to try to get to all those. I've only been to Forks and Memphis. Um. I never got to Nelson wasn't around at the time. I don't know if Drum Paradise was around at the time, but I've been to Forks and Memphis, and I did get to go to that place in Texas where the guy hoards all the vintage gear, rock and robin guitars. He hoards a bunch of vintage drums, and and the, I always thought the funniest thing about that guy, he's a nice guy, but he is protective of that gear in the sense that like if you were to call Rock and Robin and say I'm looking for a Ludwig 1930s two-piece brass shell. He's not necessarily going to sell it to you. He wants to know why and what you're going to do with it. Like, you don't just get to go, okay, 800, it's out the door. Like, the one time I physically went into that store, he had a wall of just like, like you're talking about, a weird Gretsch kind of like packable travel kit from the 50s and this and you know, the tri-colored Vista-like kits. And I said, well, okay, well, you know, how much is this? How much is that? And he goes, well, you got to kind of talk to the owner because he said all this stuff is up for sale, but it's not necessarily up for sale. Like there are questions that have to be asked. What are you going to do with the kit? What are you going to use it for? Tell me something about the history of Ludwig so I know what you're talking about. I always thought that was hilarious because it's like, yeah, it you can come in and check all the stuff out and it is for sale, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get it. Yeah. So you better have a good reason. That's like that, that, that weird night at the Duke at 4 o'clock when like, we have our own store. Bottoms vintage, uh, Bottoms modern. You go upstairs like the speakeasy room. Yeah. It's vintage. It's a whole different place. It's broken down. And it's like, I want to buy this. Why? Yeah. yeah. No, tell get out. Tell us why. Yeah, get out. Our sales would why never. Why do you need a Vista light? You tell me why. Well, because John, no, nope. wrong answer. Nope, wrong answer. Not because Bonham. Nope. <laughs> nope. Get out. Get Next. Out right Next in line. It's a one in one out. Uh, uh, we're 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 diverging off the point here. Back to the comments. Yeah, BB uh, goes. Uh, Dana Billy is awesome. If you get a chance, ask for a tour of his private reserve drum room. I'm Amazing what? vintage and boutique collection. Uh, Mike Johnston. Did some Mike Johnson has a obviously because Mike Johnson's freaking famous and Mike Johnson is, lives over there. He has a really good relationship with Dana Bentley and he did one of those videos where I think he was trying to find something specifically like a whatever whatever in Red Sparkle and then finally Dana called and 
said, I've got what you want. And Mike had been doing some kind of like vlog video where he was going to another store. So he just happened to be able to swing by. And they did that in the video. Dana took him into the back room. And it, I th- I, if I remember correctly from that video, it was kind of the same thing. Mike said, well, you know, how much is this? And, and Dana said like, well, you know, they're all for sale, but you know, it's, everything's going to be negotiable. Cause like he had a lot of really special pieces. And I think it was the same thing with whatever Mike was looking for. It was like maybe like a fifties Gretsch, whatever. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of the same thing, but yeah, he's got a really cool modern stock, but yeah, to be able to get into that, that private reserve room or whatever would be super cool. Oh yeah. Uh, Charlie goes tip for wing symbols, get a roll of duct or gap tape tape. Lay it on the scale before you uh, zero or tear it out. Then you can rest the bell in the cardboard center, and it won't walk walk around. It it won't rock around. Oh, that's a good 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 point, that. Charlie. Small tippets. All Charlie night long. always dropping the knowledge bombs. Always, but that's why he he's our he's our educational master around here. Oh yeah. Uh, Frank, uh, BP goes, Frank, I'll gladly take that 40-year-old Zildjian right off your hands. <laughs> nope. I'll start, I'll, I'll I don't start, think he's getting rid of that yeah, one. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start doing that, singing that country song. I saw her first. I mean, if y'all want, we can open up a bidding war right here, <laughs> live. I'll take oh, you on. That's right. <laughs> well, what we used to do in college in our fraternity, we had a sand pit. It was part of the volleyball court. We'd go settle over fights there. So I'll see you in the in the pit, BB. We'll, we'll do an old-fashioned old strength of brawn. Um, Frank goes, I went to Maxwell's in New York about 10 years ago. Cool little walk-up shop. Walking through the shop was like Christmas morning. I hate yeah. to say this, and I don't support this, but back in the day, some guys selling great vintage stuff wanted to make sure it wasn't being shipped to overseas collectors. Ooh, that's scandalous. That is scandalous. And now I've noticed a lot of stuff, specifically with Pearl. All the cool stuff I've been seeing lately, the one-off stuff, is all coming from Japan. There's been so many listings where it's like a great price, but then $100 in shipping which makes it not a great price all of a sudden if it was just over that line. Um, so I've been seeing the kind of reverse, like now they're all going because that's what the factory is. They're like, ha, 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 we have all the cool stuff, and now you have to pay and wait a month yeah. for it to be shipped to you. So, yeah, that's uh, but I, that's weird to think that they would do that back in the day. Like, no. Again, like, where are you? What are you using this for? Yeah. <laughs> like, if I d- if I just... If- if I knew that I could safely get something shipped from here to there and not be expensive or run the risk of it getting destroyed, I would do it. But I would just hate to, like, some guy, like, I want to buy that Ludwig kit. That Ludwig kit. Cool. Here you go. Signed, sealed, delivered. It's yours. And I'm then, yours. And then next thing is, like, oh, I got it. Like, oh, great. Came in a thousand pieces. You know, a forklift smashed it. Because not everyone is. It's fire safe. No, no, no. no. So you know they don't. If they don't know and they don't care, then it's not. There's no gonna no care gonna be taken. Yeah. With, uh, with your with your product. Yeah, and I just I'd feel miserable the entire time. It would be bad. Um, BB goes. Mike Johnson only checked out one of Dana's rooms. There are at least three hidden rooms. Hit. Is this like a kind of escape thing? Like a bat cave of snitch. <laughs> you have to know the secret hand motion to get into one of the rooms and a secret password. That's crazy. But hey, I guess you know he is Dana. He's been there for a long time, so I'm sure he's had the chance to amass like some really cool pieces. Oh yeah, and then um, 
Frank goes, I'll send you some pictures of the EAK for next week's show. Please. No, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely do that. Send the uh, send the pictures in bearded drums at gmail.com, all lowercase. And we would love to show that off. You know, as always, um, that's kind of what we're here for is to talk about what we're doing, what we've been working on, what we've been practicing, but also what y'all are doing. And because I forgot to do it earlier, everybody, please keep in mind that you are seeing us live here every Thursday on YouTube, but you can catch Bearded Drums, the audio version on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Simply search the term Bearded Drums, and if you don't want to eat up your data costs watching a video here on YouTube, you can catch the audio-only version while you're working on a drum or doing a project like that, so you can check us out all of the typical podcast platforms. Um, so back to what we were talking about. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I meant to cut you off. Any more comments before we, uh, okay. Um, so last question of the day, cause we're kind of on the topic of symbols, which is such a deep dive. And this is going to be a rapid fire question. You don't have very much time to think about it. So I'm only going to give you a few seconds. Okay. All right. Favorite symbol you've ever bought and go one, two, go medium, thin, low 22 inches. Nice. Obviously, a Zildjian. Is that one of the three that you have now? Yes. Okay. Um, let us know in the comments what the single favorite symbol, and I know, don't tell me this crap about, well, you know, I got all these great ones and they're all, no. You've bought one where you're just like, this is it. This is the Porsche. It'll never get sold. Let me know in the comment section the favorite single symbol that you've ever bought. Personally, for me, it's sitting right over here. It is a 20-inch Sabian Legacy ride. That is, and I just spent the past, what, three months transferring completely from Sabian to Istanbul. What are the two things that are still in this house? The vault crash I got off you, which the vault stuff is, it's really nice. Um, I'm sorry, not vault. Artisan. Yeah. Really nice stuff. Like, I would put it up there with, with the, the Zildjian K's. And then that legacy 20-inch ride. <clears throat> that is the greatest ride I've ever bought. Not only is it a great ride, which means it has a good shoulder with stick definition and a good bell, but it has the one thing that a lot of those perfect rides don't have. You can still crash it. Yeah. And paired with that 18-inch artisan crash, it is the perfect interval between psh, psh, like perfect. And, and I, whatever symbol I had that Cedric got, HHX Extreme Crash, it paired well with that. So... No matter what happens, those two Sabians are not leaving this house. All I really have to have is a pair of hi-hats, and I've got another set yeah. of Sabian. Um, so let us know in the comments before we get out of here um, what your favorites are. And while y'all are doing that, I'm going to put the Legacy member list back up to, number one, thank all of you for hanging out with us every week. But again, if you didn't catch this earlier in the show, if you see your name up on this list and you have not already... I need you to send me at beardeddrums at gmail.com, all lowercase, your mailing address so I can send you out your legacy sticker. And the legacy sticker looks just like this. You will be receiving these high-quality vinyl die-cut stickers in the mail just as soon as I get your email or uh, your uh, mailing address. So nothing but drums, 
Joshua Breslow, Mark Whitman, David Huckstep, AR drummer Charlie Smith, BB Photo, Mr. Neil Holloman, Michael Benson, Spencer Cragseth, Mike Malone, Doc Amomo, Richie Henry, David's apartment, Scott Shireman, The Wizard himself, and David Bygum. If y'all will all send in your email or your mailing address to me, we will get those stickers out. The stickers should be coming in fairly soon. And like I said, if we missed you before and we didn't necessarily get you on the list because we're still compiling the list, Every week we'll update this until we feel like we've got the entire group of legacy members. That's all of you that have been here from the beginning. And as we move forward months and hopefully years down the road, we will have all kinds of cool legacy gear. Maybe some magnets, maybe a drum key, maybe a seven-piece custom sonar drum set. Too much. Totally joking. You're not getting a free drum set from us. But we will be doing stuff and trying to get stuff out for the legacy members, the sticker just being the first part of that whole thing. So again, thank all of you for hanging out with us every week. Um, any answers to the favorite symbol question before we get out of here? And if you're not in yet in the comment section, go ahead and let us know the single best symbol you ever bought in your entire life as a drummer. We got BB photo. Starting us off with surprisingly a 21 inch Sabian Omni ride. Now, my question to you is, is it the HH or the AEA version of the Omni-Ride? That's right, because I've had, I had an 18-inch Omni, it was the AAX, and I did not like it. Pat, or somebody that we know, had, Phil maybe, had the HHX version, loved it. So there was a definite distinction for me between the two, so yeah, I'd be interested to know what he had as well. Then we got I Bite Pretty Hard. says Dream Bliss 19-inch paper thin, so satisfying and buttery. I love, and it's it's weird because they made good inexpensive symbols back in the day. But when they started, especially lately, say the past 10 years, they've really been cranking out some good. I think a lot of it happened when Scott Pellegrom jumped on with them and kind of started pushing their production. Uh, they are really pushing out some good quality symbols that are significantly less expensive than a Sabian or a Zildjian or an Istanbul or a Minel. So you can get some really good stuff from the Dream um, the Dream company nowadays. They're putting out some really cool, especially some darker, thinner-sounding symbols. They really nail it, I think, on that on that note. Oh, yeah, the guy that um, I did that demo with, Connor, he has a 20-inch light ride. That's a Bliss, I believe. And uh, I got to do that for the Mike Model Jazz section. That was, sounded really awesome. If I'm not incorrect... Richie, before he moved and stopped playing, that's all he played was dream stuff. Hi-hats, crashes, rides, and there was a couple of videos that I saw from back in the day. Uh, and they even on like a crappy GoPro or something, they sounded really good. So again, you know, dream is not something to be scoffed at. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's see. BB says, it's happened to find one that is magical. Steve Voras says, 20-inch Constantinople light ride cracked after... Crapped... Cracked, uh, <laughs> cracked after and out 10 years, so I sold it. Still, that would have been a good 10 years. with a. Good, I mean, even though I'm not a Zildjian player, I will admit, you find a good modern K, and they're really good symbols. I had a bunch back in the day, and I know you included some guys that have some really choice Zildjian pieces are usually K Darks, K Constantinopoles. Like, that's, I mean, obviously it's Zildjian, but... Those are some of the nicer pieces that I've seen over the course of the whole career. 
for sure. Then we got, uh, let's see. Doc Momo says, I'm only kind of offended. My name is spelled wrong. Just kidding. Uh, is it? Uh, if it, and it you know what I think is what it is, is I do it to him all the time. Where is it? The the M's not capitalized. Oh, it excuse matter. me. Remind me to punch you twice when I see you on Sunday. Yeah. Um, BB goes, some of those dream bliss symbols are sweet heat. Uh, Frank goes, I have a 16-inch A Zildjian. Once again, I bought it used 30 years ago. You seeing a trend there. Um, it's the thinnest <laughs> symbol I've ever seen. It's so dark. Some uh, of the best finds are done in a pawn shop. And it's happened with me a bunch of times. Not with just symbols, but sometimes you just find those good pieces and then you never let them go. That 40s WFL from my grandma. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was... How much did you pay for that? 20 bucks. 20 bucks. And that thing, I watched you still have the picture. That, that gold sparkle thing is beautiful. <laughs> um... And then BB goes, I have both HHX, but it's the AAX that is the one. And that would have been the opposite of what I would have picked, but it just shows you a different person, and it's a totally different ball game. But those are cool symbols. Like, the Omnis have always been cool symbols, especially when you see them being utilized by uh, JoJo Mayer. Yeah. Who's like, that was what it was made for, yeah. for sure. Um, then Dakota... Uh, tells us that it's no it's the a we keep saying da ka momo it's da ko momo oh da yeah. ko momo because you get it like it's dakota instead of dakata i guess i'll have to go back <laughs> and fix it no he's he's it's you know it's you're you're more with the, your attitude right now it's more like kaka momo at this point but you better watch it buddy we're gonna you're gonna have one of the moderators ban you from the chat have you bent? <laughs> we know where you live. That's right. I know exactly where you live. <laughs> we know where to find you. I'll just come cut the strings off your bass when you're playing. No, I don't do that. I just gave him a brand new set, so you'd be cutting the strings I gave him. Oh, gosh. All right, next Sunday we cut the strings. <laughs> Don't you at least get one week after? <laughs> um, we got Steve Roxy. He goes 22 Dark Ride A Ride from Memphis Drum Shop. No label. I think it was produced only for the Memphis Drum Shop. Yes, you're talking about the uh, 22 uh, Dark Ride scene. It's an Avidus model they did recently. Those are sweet. Those are super duper cool. Yeah, and you know you're doing right when they start making stuff for, for you. you. Yeah. Somebody else. Uh, somebody else is, is doing that recently. Is somebody making snare drums for Portsmouth? Is that what you were talking about last yeah. week? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, like. Every year, someone does a snare drum form, and then they had their 25th. I can't remember, or 15th. I don't know how many has been open, but their one of their big anniversaries, someone did, uh, for how many years they did, that many snare drums made for them. And doesn't Ludwig, for Revival, do yeah. two kits specifically yeah. for them? You have the uh, Revet. Yeah. And then there's the portlander yeah yeah because they're in portland so they've uh, got two ludwig kits specifically made for them i think it is it's just the finish is the uh it's the finish and the sizes so the uh revet is a jazzette but instead of being 14 deep it's 12 deep oh, okay and the finish on them are both really cool it's uh it's natural but you know how like some of those finishes have like the divots in the wood yeah yeah it's that and it's that one's um uh, black matte stain with white room pearl inlay and then you have the Portlander, which is uh, not 
like a lighter shade of walnut yeah kind of but that same like kind of rough mm-hmm. out, outer wood texture with uh white marine pearl uh inlay on the hoops again yeah and that kit is uh 13, 16, 22, I believe. Yeah, they always look super sharp when I see them. Those are those kits. They they, they make specifically for them. You can't buy them anywhere else except at Revival, which is really cool that, like, you have some of these places and they're able to have Mm -hmm. their own custom That shows you how much weight these little boutique uh, drum shops nowadays carry. Like, obviously, the big boys carry weight, too, but some of these little boutique shops move enough stuff that, you know, Ludwig is making kits for them. So it, it shows that they do carry a lot of weight. Oh, yeah. Um, and then David Bygun goes, hell yeah, much love y'all. And my favorite symbol I've bought is a zildjian. <laughs> I almost slipped another word. I shouldn't have said. I'm screwing up so much. Uh, a zildjian A 21 inch sweet ride. I just sold mine. Yeah, the um, sweet ride. That's another. That's another. I love how versatile it is with most genres of music and it hits all the right spots for me. I played mine for a while, but I just kind of fell out of love with it. Cause I got that 21 inch dark complex two ride, which kind of, I was like, I don't need this sweet ride anymore. Uh, but that's one of, that's been one of their models forever. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like, they made a, into a, yeah. And they made it. It's, oh. like a, it's like a Sabian explosion crash. Like that's one of those things they're known for. That's one of the things that, you know, is a highly identifiable in Zildjian that even if you're not a big Zildjian nerd, you would know what a sweet ride is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a sweet one to have in your arsenal. That's a standard. The it's the it's the new beats and a sweet ride. Yep. Never get anything from that. It's the two things you get and you're done. Yep. Um, let's see. Biba goes. I was actually never a fan or interested in any of the Omni symbols. This particular one just had the special sauce for some reason. Every other Omni I've played was meh. Well, hey, when you get the right one, you grab it up and you don't let it go. Yep. And then Daka goes. I love the sweet ride. <laughs> well, he did. That's the only ones that they'd ever have of the Zildjian stuff at. Oh, at Magnolia, at Magnolia. you'd might get like the occasional like a medium. Yeah, but there's always a twenty-one suite there. Always. Well, there you go. I mean, it just shows you they carry them just about everywhere. And that's it for right now. Sweet. Well, thank you guys for letting us know. Um, and I hope it was generally helpful to know a little bit about symbol weights. I know it's a super nerdy thing and super specific thing to get into but if you're going to be doing vintage shopping uh it's really comes in handy it's crucial and then if you're picking stuff uh, out online which i have to do all the time it becomes uh really helpful in the necessity yeah yeah um so again before we get out of here want to thank all of you legacy members for joining in with us as usual and helping out in the chat and if your name is up on the screen remember to send me your uh mailing address at bearded drums at gmail.com so Anything else, Mr. Jarrett, before we get out of here and go play with these brand new hi-hats? Do you have any knowledge you want to drop on us this week? Um, well, in the great words of uh, James Brown, yow. That's all I got for today. No, that's a good way to go out. So, from both of us here at Bearded Drums Live, thank you for hanging out with us. As always, remember, you can catch us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. There are going to be a couple of weeks coming up in July where I am not going to be here. I will have gigs, so we'll figure that out when we get there. We might do a pre-tape for you guys. We might not do anything. I might go live from the gig, but we'll figure it out. But there are going to be a couple of dates coming up in July where I know that I'm not going to be here. And are you good for next week? Uh, so far, yes. Okay, so we're, we're good for next week. Um, and remember, 
uh, that you can always send in stuff to the show, beardeddrums at gmail.com, and you can always catch us on all of the typical podcasting platforms if you want to hear the audio-only version. So for me and Jarrett, again, thank you. Jarrett, take us out of here, my friend. And we'll see you on the next one. Later, guys.